It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy, and it's about people. It's about. It's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept:、uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force. That sort of controls our destiny,、uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence, great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang bang and people fall over and dead, but you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello and welcome back to Generation Skywalker, and this is the most recent episode of Those Old Fossils. And joining me this evening, I've got Craig. Good evening, Craig. Good evening.、Oh, I've got Jez. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. Evening, Craig. And I've got Grant. Good evening, Grant.、Uh, good evening, lads. Now it's been a while since we recorded Those Old Fossils. In fact. I think in the space of about ten weeks, we put out、uh, the first of the retracing trailers episode, and most recent the beer show episode, which are our specials of ours. I mean, we do lots of different types of shows, but those old fossils are one of our.、Um, what do you call them? Kind of like a a mainstay type show. Staples. Yeah. Staple. I like that, Jez. I like that. Yeah. So as it's been a while, I'm going to come over to you, Craig, just in case people are tuning in for the first time. Can you give us a bit of an overview? Of what Generation Skywalker is and what we do here. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, if、uh, if they know us, if they've、uh, if they've checked us out following、uh, Echo, which we're going to talk about in a minute. You know, we've got a strong background in in vintage Star Wars collecting, but this podcast was deliberately set up to allow us to explore lots of areas beyond that. So we look at modern collectibles. We look at things like Star Wars beers, as,、uh, as Stuart's just mentioned, and we look at that in lots of different ways. So the core of what we do is a podcast, which you can play in the car on your commute or while you're jogging around the park.、Uh, because a lot of what we talk about is very visual, we took the decision quite early on to take those audio podcasts and enhance them with imagery. So you can also watch along if you want to see what we're talking about, because we do cover a lot of ground. And alongside that, we also do videos of unboxings and vintage modern things that that we、uh, we take delivery of, and we share a lot on social media. We were on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and we like to get discussions going 
that sort of take what we do and look at them in different perspectives. So we like people to get involved. It's not just us talking to each other. We like to talk to uh, to the wider community as well. Yeah, brilliant, Craig. It's funny you bringing up the beer show that I'm actually having a Stormtrooper sniper for the first time right now, which is very nice. We should have tasted this one. Uh, brilliant. And also, Grant, I think you've done done a old fossils before, but um, great to have you back for whack here. And as we're just talking about Generation Skywalker, and you weren't on that first ever show, you you were the one that came up with the name Generation Skywalker. So I'd like to get it from your mouth. Why we're called Generation Skywalker? Oh, okay. Thanks, mate. Uh, so the original concept I felt was to sort of reach out and record and sort of archive and curate the sort of the fans. Uh, and and their perception and perspective of their journey of being Star Wars fans and from all the different walks of life. I know that we came from a vintage podcast and that's our sort of grassroots. We're very vintage-centric, but to have that sort of Star Wars celebration perspective of bringing people in and hopefully giving them a platform in which they can express their passion for Star Wars and hopefully inspire and influence ourselves and other people who listen to this podcast to investigate other areas of the sort of Star Wars fandom so I really wanted to capture for me the most interesting thing is not sort of like the low level detail of you know Star Wars collecting but the actual collector's journey themselves or if people were into cosplay or art or any way that Star Wars has inspired them and capture that generation's output because I feel that that's something that's sort of missing there's a, there's a, there's a gap there and those are the stories that always interested me the most so that was the idea the initial idea of Generation Skywalker, as well as sticking true to our our base of what we know and understand, and also pursuing other interests that we're into now, such as things like you know the modern lines has become quite interesting to us. And I think it, you know, I also wanted it to be a sort of representation of ourselves. And I think some of the stuff we're into is pretty cool. I like the IPA stuff that's been done. I think that's very interesting. That's very much output of who we are. You know, a lot of the stuff that we get interested in, like the tiki stuff I always found was interesting as well. So it, it's also a, a sort of projection of who we are as a core crew as well. So that that's kind of how I see Generation Skywalker. And if we didn't have to work for a living, I'm sure we would have a lot more output and, and, and be chasing down a lot more things. But uh, I'm very happy with the situation at the moment. Beautiful. Well, thank you both for your um, your input there to start with. Now, now, Jez, I mean, we don't always bring up purchases, but... We used to have a mm. bit of a Billy Bargain recently because I think we've, we've spoken about it before, but over on Star Wars Forum, where we all kind of gravitated together and met, there used to be a, a thread called Mocks for £50 and under and Mock being mint on card. And actually, you're very hard pressed to find one now, even like a, a beat up Plato. That's right, buddy. Yeah, so I'm really, really pleased. I'm I'm buzzing for for a few reasons. One is because we're back recording again, which is brilliant. Uh, you know, we're my friends and we're, and we're doing this. The thread in question on Star Wars Forum UK was in April 2016, in fact. So five years ago, it was called Vintage Star Wars is Still Affordable, £50 or less mocks uh, latest acquisitions. So that was five years ago, people were still thinking, you know what, it's pretty good to get a carded figure for £50. And not only have, uh, have I just done one, which was on the Facebook site, uh, Dark Side Toys, I think, Dark Side Alliance, it was a £48 reuse. Now you might think, yeah, yawn, carry on. Uh, but for me, this is a pretty cool one because what it's got is it's a little Japanese sticker on the back because this is the uh <laughs> now i always get this wrong i always say sudoku or so so it's uh, the uh 
Secuda, the Secuda sticker, right? So I'm going to say it once more because I just really didn't get it ingrained in my head. The Secuda. So, uh, yeah, you had Takara, first of all, with the uh, Star Wars line, and then the Poppy, which are obviously the very, very um, easy, to, not easy to spot. They're just completely different. They're small Empire Strikes Back boxes with the backies inside, which I just find absolutely uh, stunning. So the three different lines for uh, Star Wars. But with regards to collecting foreign variations, this line is probably by far the cheapest, I would have thought, because this was a £48 carded figure with the sticker on the back. Because people, A, people don't care for them so much, and B, the sticker's on the back. So you really, really, uh, when you're displaying your figures, you know, it's one of those things which it's missed unless you'll do which is probably what i'm going to do which is put a little mirror behind it just you know if i'm curating my collection so people can see it i just thought it was brilliant i was really really pleased it was all in all with the postage it was about 53 pounds delivered and uh so great card got a very slight bend to it which is going to be fine when it's in a acrylic case and yeah slightly uh, yellowed bubble however from my point of view, before we actually go into that line, the Sissy uh, Studio, uh, sound like I'm Phil Collins. I don't at all, but I might look slightly like him. Anyway, uh, the Secuda. When I went on to Tracker earlier on, because I was just thinking, you know, that's £48 for a, for a carded figure. I wonder how much the reuse goes from a, from a loose point of view. And I was astonished that in the last year, according to uh, Star Wars Tracker, which is the app which we use, uh, made by Jared, who, who's tracking all sales on on eBay, uh, online, on lots of Facebook groups. In the last 12 months, he has seen 267 uh, loose reuse go. The most expensive was for £145 for an AFA 85. What? Barking mad barking mad uh, and then yeah an afa u90 which has gone for 108 pounds i mean these are these are i, I don't want to put down anyone's collecting habits and stuff apart from the fact that you know we're completely anti-u grading figures but ukg90 ukg yeah afa85 on ebay for 149.99 I've just bought a carded figure with a Japanese sticker on it for £48. So a third of that, feeling pretty good about myself, feeling sad for the person who spent 150 quid on a uh, on an entombed figure. So uh, so there we go. So, chaps, there you go. Sakuda, Sakuda carded figure. What do you think? 48 quid. They're nice, Jess. Remember when you had a bit of a sell-off? I bought your Sakuda. That was in your collection at that time. Was that a Chief Chirper? It was a chief chirper, yeah. yeah. I paid you more yeah. than forty-eight pounds. Yeah, I know. I, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. So as soon as when I saw this on Facebook, I was like, "Has he made a mistake? What, what, what's going on here?" Because you know, some of these Facebook groups, you see it. We've seen it today. People will post something which, from our point of view, you know, we've all been collecting um, vintage Star Wars now for, for for at least a decade, and we see some prices, and we're like, "Wow, that is insane." And then within 60 seconds, claim. <laughs> and it really, really surprises me. So this had been for sale for about an hour and no one had claimed it. It's, it's yeah, the, the bubble is, is yellow. There's a tiny little bit of what looks like heat stress or heat damage on the right-hand side of the bubble. But apart from that, Billy, bonus, mate. So I think there's enough inspiration there to probably start a Secuda run there, Jez. You know, you say that they're pretty cheap and everything and there isn't as much interest in them. I think that's a wonderful opportunity to do a... A run there. 
Is well, it is it just twenty one figures, Jess? Yes, it is twenty one figures. There's not uh, that bad then, mate. No, is it's not bad. Well, you'd say that, but there are some extremely hard to find ones. So, yeah, the chirper ones you see quite often. So. With regards to Return of the Jedi 65, it, it's majority of that sort of initial run plus a couple of others. So you've got R2-D2, sensor scope, C-3PO, removable limbs, Yoda, and Darth Vader. But it's uh, amongst a few others, there's uh, Luke Jedi Knight is apparently very, very hard to find. Um, I have recently discovered a, uh, a Facebook group dedicated to this line. One of the admins and one of the people that started that up is a good friend of the show's, uh, Christopher James Leddy, who was um, been putting them together, and I think he's recently completed his run. Nice. There is a Luke Jedi for sale at the moment on eBay for about seven eight hundred pounds. Which is probably exactly the reason why I'm not going to go for this run. <laughs> but thanks that's very just much. one though, mate. That's that's one yeah. for sale. You might get it mm. cheaper than that. If you go down that run, I will give you back your chirper for the price I paid for it. Oh, that's very kind of you. Do you know what? Oh, there there are so many reasons why I love you as a friend. Um, I've just sent you my PayPal. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> well, tell us about Sakuda then, Jez, because um, I know for a fact that when you buy something, you'd have read up about it. Well, so what have we got? You've got your Weekway, your Reese, your Bib Fortuners, your Neenum, your Chief Chirper, your Clatter, your Squidhead, your General Medine, your Admiral Akbar, your Low Grey, your Rebel Commander, your Lando Skiff, Emperor's Royal Guard, Gam Guard, Biker Scout, Leah Bush, uh, R2-D2, as I said, C-3PO, Yoda, Luke Jedi, and Darth Vader. However, another little nugget is with the uh, this line. Later on, when Power of Force came out and, and they were dealing with overstock, Stu, I'm going to throw it back to you. What, what happened with regards to the line and uh, how did the, uh, the licensee keep up with it from a Power of the Force point of view? The Sakuda, I don't, I'm not sure how many there are here, so you'll have to help me out here. They shrink-wrapped. They're characters we hadn't seen before on, on Sakuda cards either, are they? Do they have the um, Japanese back on them? No, from a backing point of view, so what I've seen is they have no backing. They just have a white back. So gone are the stickers, but they are shrink-wrapped with the Power of the Force coin, the the complete list. But I've seen TIE Fighter Pilot and uh, uh greedo but obviously that you know as with everything you'll find that these could potentially be or possibly be easy to fake they are quite famously for being faked and there was someone recently selling a fake one on one of these make me an offer things and he was turning down three four hundred quid and i was thinking this is a fake <laughs> a fake and he was openly admitting it i think it's fake so um greedo i know there was a layer poncho as well isn't there definite so essentially these securities are the 1983 65 back releases plus a few yeah yeah plus you you yoda 3po and r2 and vader so uh yeah nice little run post poppy post takara and uh and then with the options or you know with the power of the force run i i just think they're just something a little bit different and uh with the sticker on the back um which is very sort of i don't know so just pure black and red is very much what uh, Last Jedi, isn't it? It's very sort of Last Jedi looking. Yeah, like it. I just, you know, I'm just celebrating the fact that I've just got a little bit of vintage in my life for the probably first time in about three or four months. And uh, I feel that I didn't overpay for it, which is always a bonus. What I've enjoyed about this is I have discovered lines and threads where people were asking questions and Google searches have taken me straight to the forums, you know, straight to forums 2009, 2010, 2011. You don't really 
it wasn't directing me to anything on Facebook, you know, so a lot of this discourse, a lot of this chat is now going to be gone. So um, maybe the podcast is that new chat. So if anyone is out there, it's like, no, that's wrong. Please, we encourage it. We welcome it. Come on and tell us and uh, and we'll be able to uh, broaden people's knowledge that way. Exactly. And obviously, if people want to see Jed's pickup. I'm sure it'll be well photographed in the enhanced version i'm pretty sure jez will do a post on we are generation skywalker over on facebook and of course look out for jez's blog all about secuda in the near future now boys we're going to go into something that we started doing thanks to grant uh, a few months back suggesting this that rather than bringing up a list of acquisitions and stuff that we bring something from our collection that means the most to us again we're doing it again this month i've asked the boys to all bring something to the table so very excited to see what they've bought but i'm going to start off this month because i always go last and the last story for some reason is always the best story of the night and it's like oh i've got to follow that so actually i've not bought a vintage item i've bought a, a drawing of a vintage item so i want to go back to Myself, Jez and Grant all used to be hosts over on the Vintage Rebellion. We've nothing to do with that now, okay? So uh, we're a completely new entity. There's no coalition, no relationship or anything. We're both in our own uh, our separate things. But one thing I did over on that podcast was do an interview every month with a collector. And we used to get someone on something that we want to do here, but a bit more in depth on here, and talk about their passion for Star Wars. And that's why I just wanted to bring this, because I'm not sure whatever it was back on the Vintage Rebellion, but I had Lawrence Dyer on. And um, his granddad had built, basically built the Palatoy factory, had done all the designs for it. And he had a real passion for it. And he was a bit like, oh, are people going to be interested in this? Whether they were or not, he was so passionate about it and done so much research in it that we gave him that that channel to be able to share that with us. And it was a fascinating story. I mean, he'd properly gone to town on it. And just just so nice. I mean, the following farthest from however long that was, two, three months later or whatever, he um he goes to me, oh, sure, can I have a word? And I went outside with him and he gave me, he'd got um, Dan Tell, who is quite a renowned Star Wars artist. He got him to draw a picture of the Greedo figure, which Dan's very famous for. He obviously dated it. So I've got this black and white picture of Greedo, the figure, with Dan's signature, dated 2016. And on the back, um, Lawrence has just written me a lovely note saying thank you for coming on the podcast, allowing him to to tell his story. Uh, he was very honoured to be part of it and was just appreciative. And it was so nice. I mean, he had gone away and done something like that and then presented that to me. And it's just a nice piece. And what I would like to say is on this show, we want to hear people's stories. So if there's anybody out there wanting to come on the podcast it doesn't matter what you're into his was all about a warehouse build and the architecture and all this kind of business whatever your passion Grant just said it in the intro as well whatever your passion we want to hear those stories because you might not think it might not be interesting to someone else but it might well be but we are that vessel to give you that opportunity so please please we've got so many routes so you can contact us any one of us you can just drop a note to and we can make that happen yeah let's go over to the other three who have probably bought items onto the table Going to come to you first, Craig. What are you bringing? Well, I think when we've done these before, I always tend to talk about beyond the toys items. So I wanted to mix that up a little bit. And I was looking at some of my toys and box ships, see if there's anything that had a good story to it. And what I picked is my Palatoy Imperial Troop Transporter. It's a nice one. It's working. It's got a decent box. It's got some instructions, I think. I recently added the the comic uh, that came with it in there but i think a lot of the the box ships i've got it's one of those that's got a less than straightforward story as to how it came into my possession so i have to go back a little bit to uh to, to set this up so when i was about 19 my parents went away on holiday 
This would have been around 1989, 1990. And they met a lovely couple from Leicester. And they came back, as your parents do, from holiday and said, oh, we met a lovely couple from Leicester. We hung out with them all week. He was uh, he used to work at Palatoy and he says he's got a wardrobe full of old Star Wars toys. He said, if you want them, you can have them. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, OK, you're going to see these people again, aren't you, mum? Because oftentimes when your parents go away and they meet people on holiday, they never follow up on meeting again outside that environment. But sure enough, they did. And I think they went out for the evening, stayed out quite late. I went to bed, got up in the morning and in the kitchen was was a little hall, a little hall of stuff. And there was in that hall, there was a Wicket the Ewok electric toothbrush in a baggie. There was a 45 back Death Squad Commander, which was pretty perfect, apart from a, a damaged corner. There was a beautiful Han Solo blaster pistol which was sealed in cellophane and had the shipping carton and the other item in the pile was a was a palatoy droid factory right so this palatoy droid factory was the box was great you know it was it was black there was no edgeware it kept its shape but there was like a massive tear like from the corner of the flap all the way almost like a third of the way over the, the the one of the faces of the box i think there was a dent in the in the base but the contents were bagged, right? So I had these bags of contents, and I'm going through them. But there was a, a key bag missing. So the black bits, the wheels weren't there. So I had all these little droid parts, no wheels. And as an item, it just irritated me. It irritated me. The, the, the rip in the box irritated me. The fact that the, the bag of wheels were missing, just I never... I never loved it, never rated it. And at the time, this was going back to, I say, 80s going into 90s. And I used to go around toy fairs and I had a box of reuse and low grades, which I used to use as currency. So I used to go and <laughs> go up to people, go up to dealers and say, I'll swap you these two for your hand solo. And and invariably, you know, I'd walk away with a, with a better figure. But on one at this one occasion, I went to a toy fair and I took this unloved droid factory with me and uh, I ended up swapping it for a <laughs> for the uh, for the for troop transporter. And at the time, you know, for me to swap this this box of bits, ripped box of bits for something that was working, that made noises, that had wheels that went round, I could get out and, and display, felt like a, a good deal. And I look at it now and I think, would I make that deal today? I don't think many people would really swap in a, 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 a nice other than the ripped boxed droid factory. But, you know, make me feel better. Would you have done the same thing back in 1990? Would you have, would you have made that swap? Oh, I don't think so. I would have done. Just for the uh, sound effects. Yeah, I think back in the day, though, it would have been quite a big deal to have a, a droid factory uh, with all those bits in it. It's, you know, still it's today, isn't it? You've always, if you find a droid factory, it's always missing a bit or two, isn't it? But I guess you would have had the annoyance of that rip on that box. I don't know, mate. I don't know. Get in touch if you've got a, a droid factory with a massive rip and a completely bagged contents apart from the wheels. Jez, what are you bringing? I'm bringing my very own... You can probably just hear it in the background creaking away. ATST, aka Scout Walker. I, I love this thing. This is the one which I was reunited with in 2013 when I found it in my parents' loft. After having sold what I thought was my entire collection in uh, probably the early 90s. So uh, the Scout Walker was one of the first things which I bought when I returned to collecting in around about 2009 just because of the nostalgia and memories. So uh, when I found this, it was it really, really, you know, warmed my heart. I mean, just looking at it, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a brilliant little craft. 
I, I find the mechanism on it to make it walk brilliant. I think, uh, you know, that's it's better than the sort of X-wing wings coming up. I think the way in which it can stand together and then do the walk-in, the armament on it. I mean, the fact is, you know, that Kenner did a very good job, didn't they, of making these as realistic as possible or screen accurate as possible. So when you see all the the intricate movement all over it and just little cabling and, and then the weapons and the, and the stickers, uh, just the feet, everything about that. Bearing in mind that if you consider that this came out in 82 in an Empire box, how much screen time did the Skywalker have in Empire? Blink and you miss it, half a second or so, and it was gone. So that was a lot of effort put into a, a toy which, you know, you you saw for less screen time than you saw B-Wings in Return of the Jedi. So fortunately, Keno was saved when Jedi came out and then uh, the Skywalker obviously had a fairly, fairly big part to play in the Battle of Endor. I mean, you know, it's great that since then you've seen them in, what else have we seen them in? Rogue One, uh, Mandalorian. I just think it, it, it's a fantastic toy. I remember exactly where I was when I got this. This was a Christmas present from my auntie and uncle who lived in Portsmouth. You know, that's nostalgia for you. Uh, but just looking at this little thing now, it's fantastic. It looks mean. doesn't quite look as mean as the one with the red eyes in The Mandalorian. But I just think for what you got for your money, this, this fantastic toy is just absolutely brilliant. And you can make a really great scene with it in a very small space as well. You know, from my point of view, I felt like it was the poor man's attack. Never had an attack as a kid. And it was like, you know, the, the, the sort of second class post to your first class attack. But it's, uh, yeah, it's wonderful. For me, it's it's pure vintage nostalgia. And uh, and I couldn't be without it. Do you know what, uh, you, you, you say that about the, the Skywalker because it comes out in the Empire Strikes Back box in America, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I've got one of those because I think the Empire logo looks better with the snow. But mm. Skywalker came out in 1982, so... Yeah, you know it's it's quite close to that Jedi release. Well, so you're you're thinking then that it was a case of right, yeah, they knew that it was going to be big. They put it out there thinking, oh yeah, well it had a minor part in in Empire, so deliberately did a small run in Empire. That's probably explains why the Empire boxes are so hard to get hold of, uh, and the uh, Jedi ones. Obviously, you've got the Hoth and the Endor scene on the on the Jedi ones. So, yeah, you're, you're probably right that Kenner knew that they had probably seen some concept art or something or other, because if this came yeah. out in 82, this wasn't just created overnight. You know, I'd love to see sort of, you know, the uh, wood carving of this, if it exists or what have you. I, I just look at it and it just reminds me so much of element of Ed uh, 209 from Robocop and also the um, the really nasty what they, the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park just because mm. of the three toes at the front and it's got the middle one raised like it's just about to sort of tap its toes and say I'm going to get you in a pincer movement it's just uh, yeah it's, it's brilliant I really love it what, what about chicken does it remind you of a chicken it doesn't remind me of chicken I don't know where the term chicken walker comes from I mean an apex collector wouldn't use the term chicken walker I don't believe um, you know, this is a PTST or a Skywalker, as simple as that, with its hatch and its top gun and its belly reinforcements and everything else. It's wonderful. I could play with this all day. Where, where does the term chicken walker come from, Grant? I don't know. I think it's, uh, I mean, I remember being referred to as probably mothers. Mothers would have made mothers. Mothers would have, you know, he's down there with his dog walker and his chicken walker. You know, mothers probably have made ne- it. You've never seen it in print anywhere, then? Ah, I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's, it's, always, yeah, it's often referred to as the chicken walker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a country country. where the first... Uh, Must have come from somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't green know. Greedo. I mean, Green Greedo was Green Greedo for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. That was on an advert, though, wasn't it? It was on an advert, yeah. 
Should, should we t take that away as, a, as something to work out by next month? Yeah, yeah, where definitely. Did, where did Chicken Walk? Do you know, uh, you, you say back in 1982, it's released, uh, 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 and then Paddy's release it. It's got the Jedi logo with the snow box, yeah? Yeah. Well, that's one of the first boxed uh, vehicles I bought when I was a kid. And if you notice that the Paddy Toy logo on it is... Black and white. Yeah. I thought I thought that was a, uh, like a factory fault when I was a kid, and mm. I had some rare box version of a <laughs> yeah. Skywalker, you know, yeah. but uh, that was just standard. Yeah, no, black and white logo. Very unusual, but... That's kind of like the end of the logo then, isn't it? It starts disappearing after that. Yeah. Goes through various size iterations, doesn't it? And then just completely disappears. But I quite like the 45B without the logo. Um, but there we go. That's for another. Uh, that's for another podcast. But this, the ATST. What would you call it? If I said to you, "Oh yeah," if if we were at an event now, be it Fathers from or Echo Live, and you saw one on the shelf, what would you call it? Scout Walker. Mm -hmm. All of you. I would also say the Scout Walker or the ATST. But interestingly, I've just got to. Sand Suites from Concept Screen to Collectible Book Out. Mm -hmm. And page 86, there is a photo of the ATST, and it says the Scout Walker also dubbed the Chicken Walker. So it has what? been around for a long while wow. and is in print in that book that so many people turn mm. to. So, uh, yeah, be definitely interesting to see if we can find any earlier reference than that. When was this book? Mid 90s? 1993. 93, right. So Maybe that's an early. That is an early name. reference to it, isn't it? It's a ridiculous name going on record. I mean, what do they, they don't call the Attack the dog, do they? I mean, you know. No, but we learnt in the quiz that that was based off an elephant, Jez, but we do hear it being called yeah. Nelly. Who, who calls it Nelly? Craig. <laughs> I don't, I'll but let, I'll start if you like. I'll let, I'll let Craig get away with anything because he's Craig. <laughs> Yeah, the first two years of knowing Craig, he kept going, oh, yeah, I've just, um, just repositioned my Nelly. And I just, just adjusting me. himself, you know. Graded me Nelly. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. So we will we will dig into that a bit more. Grant, what are you bringing? Do you know what? When uh, you said bring something to the show that we could talk about, I thought, oh, that's a good idea, something a bit different. I didn't know. I brought it up months ago. <laughs> it was your idea around Christmas time, I think. Was it? <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember that. Okay, so what I've got, it's going to need a little bit of a backstory, though. Is that all right? That's, yeah, that's, that's the point. I bought eBay for a quid. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, little piece that I've got, so I started collecting... Uh, my loose figures back in August 1995 and I was putting up a, a loose run and obviously this is before the internet this is before you could just you know go online and buy stuff so it was all about word of mouth and market stores and I was over 1995 then I was putting a loose collection together and then towards the end of 95 I think it was a shop opened up in Cardiff called Starlog and it was dedicated to you know sci-fi and stuff but there was a lot of Star Wars stuff but they were able to import some stuff from America so you get a lot of these sort of like applause statues were in there and like the Empire Strikes Back film cells and all this kind of stuff that was coming out in the mid-90s before the special editions but they also had a few carded figures there uh, a few reseals and obviously at the time American Kenner figures they were foreign so that was a big deal as well so quite excited about that a gentleman who really started me off on my Star Wars collecting, who was like a market trader, and he'd go out and, and find stuff for me. He was helping me uh, complete my collection. And for months and months and months, I mean, I needed one loose accessory to complete my line. Any ideas what that loose accessory were, would have been? Pop-up saber. Bingo, yeah. Same, same as everyone else. Even back in 1995, it was the same story. I needed the pop-up saber. Uh, so uh, I went to speak to him about this new shop that opened up in Cardiff. And I told him, oh, you wouldn't believe the kind of stuff that they got in there. They've even got a Star Wars carded figure, not a Jedi or an Empire or a Tri-Logo, 
an actual Star Wars carded figure. It's a 20-back Walrus Man. Couldn't believe it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's really interesting. Didn't think anything of it. And then uh, a couple of months went by, or weeks, I can't actually remember, weeks or months. It was quite, quite, quite a while after. He contacted me and said, you're not going to believe it, but I've got that pop-up saber for you. And I said, that's amazing. I'm going to ask my mum if I could have it for Christmas. Because he wanted something like £15 or £18 or something like that for it. I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. So I'll pop it down for you later tonight. I uh, popped it down, amazing to see him. Got the saber in the collection, the loose collection is finally complete. Roll forward a couple of weeks now, it's Christmas Day. And I go downstairs and I see mum pick up a uh, pick up a box and she said, whatever you do, open this first. But she's carrying it like it's an improvised explosive device. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what the hell? So I grab open the box and I open it up. And as I open it up, I look inside, it's a carded figure. It falls from its side back down and it's the 20 back Warsman and I have it right here so he'd gone behind my back gone to Cardiff picked it up held it for me told my mum about it and then sneaked it down so he'd sneak when he, when he delivered the pop-up saber he'd actually been down to the house two minutes before to deliver this and then made it a loud knock on the door to deliver the uh to deliver the uh pop-up saber and i burst into tears i couldn't believe that they'd gone to all that effort i never thought i'd own a star wars card figure at the time and i burst into tears and i remember hugging mum and dad on christmas day unfortunately it was the last christmas day i was going to have with my father as well he passed away soon after that this is this means the world to me this card figure here so if you said to me right now i've got a paddy toy 12 back vinyl cape Jawa, i'd like to swap for it not interested if you said that uh you had a screen used rtd2 full-size prop used in a new hope to swap with it i would be interested so this means the world to me this little piece right here and it's just a 20 back wars man but it is yeah it's at the front front of my cabinet it's Love beautiful it. as well isn't it beautiful condition very nice yeah i just oh god even seen a star wars card figure back then because there was no internet look what year was that mate which is remind us 1995 i think or 96 mm. what a lovely there's, story there's a, a massive story, isn't it yeah massive deal I, I yeah so that 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 means the world to me it's one of the one of the things I would grab if the house caught fire. Well, I'm glad you went last. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, you wouldn't want to follow that. <laughs> but that's that's a great way of rounding off this section, mate, because I think that is so much more than just a, a toy, you know, it's a real personal item. So um, I think that's a, a fitting way to move on. So, boys, not only did we get together, which was great after such a long time, but a UK event opened up. An Echo Base returned in Redditch, centre of the world. Sadly, a lot of the team couldn't attend it. I mean, when they announced the date, two weeks before, I'd booked my first holiday in, like, two years to go away with my family. So I couldn't make it. I know Mark, I think, possibly at a wedding. Jez, your children's birthday. And Dan was also away. He was down in Cornwall. So it was left to Craig and Grant. To go and represent Generation Skywalker. So before I come to you two, I am just going to turn to Jez. So explain what the event is for listeners who have never been, uh, overseas listeners, and um, give a bit of history to the show, Jez. Yeah, sure. So Echo Live, Grant Craig went to the ninth one. So this was started in 2015, was the first one. 
and it was a brainchild of Adam Pemberton of Echo Base. Now, he was having a conversation with another collecting friend. And the thing is with Adam, his job, he works in a shopping centre as a security guard. And he's able then to sort of figure out when different shops are going to be available as they're changing occupancy or as they're closing down, waiting for someone else. So he has some great insider knowledge to a really, really great location. But actually, this particular place where he works uh, wasn't the first venue. The first venue was a tiny little version in Leeds, but everyone since then has been at Redditch. And he just saw it as a great opportunity to bring the collecting community together. You couldn't find a more central place, pretty much, in the UK. Where this is in Redditch, positioning-wise, if you just looked at the map of the UK, it, it is pretty central, actually, and, and can bring a lot of people together. You know, we've all been a huge fan of Father's Trump, and we will be, but the clue is in the name that, you know, that was, that was coined because it's Father's from so many people, whereas this, it was just there. And the fact that it could be in a shopping centre where there would be some great parking and uh, great access to it and people could really turn it into a weekend. And the thing is with the shopping centre as well, there's adequate opportunities for people to enjoy themselves on the evening and spend the night there as well. So it gathers all sorts of people together, uh, vintage collectors, and then they've branched out. They've said, right, vintage collectors, other elements as well, all Star Wars collectors, and then they're doing signings and autographs. But the one thing which has been consistent with these people, very much like also Father Strum has done, is the charity fundraising aspect to it. They've always tried to do it whilst raising money for charity. Uh, so I just, you know, I went through and spoke to Adam and um, tried to get a few bits of information from him. I mean, total, you won't believe this, the total is now 73,995 has been raised by the nine Echo Lives so far. I mean, that alone is phenomenal. And the way in which they've done that is in their first year, it was for the Ronald McDonald charity and they raised 1,500 quid. And then uh, Lothian Autistic Society, another 1,500 quid. Then Macmillan, just over eight grand. Another Macmillan one, 1,200. Children's Hospice, it goes on and on and on. So in 2015, 16, 17, they had two. In 2018, they had two. One in 19, one in 20, and then the long wait for this huge one in 2021. Now, Adam gave me some information. You know, I just said to him, you know, what's some of your uh, sort of best bits? And uh, I think for his efforts and his efforts in the community and bringing all this together, he was actually gifted a model trim IG88 by people at a recent live. And uh, he was really close to crying. But his probably his, uh, his most magical moment is uh, seeing everyone's faces at the last one after the pandemic, uh, you know, after the break, uh, seeing all these people who were just desperate to get back there. It's just been great. They uh, they had me uh, they had me at one in 2018 where they allowed me to run on a treadmill dressed as a stormtrooper. And again, I'm massively grateful to them for that because, you know, whilst they were still raising their own charity money, they didn't shut me down trying to raise mine. So it was a very generous thing that they were doing. So I was very, very pleased for that. It's certainly, from when I've been there, from what I've seen, it's probably the collecting uh, place to be now in the UK. And now they're branching out and there's uh, one very shortly in Sweden as well. So it certainly does seem that they've uh, they've really, really built something quite special. Yeah, this, this was the first one I've missed. I missed the very first ever one and I've been to every show since and they have got better and better and by the feedback i've seen from this event it um looked like it was even better it still makes me laugh though you still see the photos on it and people going oh are you ever going to come and do it in ipswich like 
yeah, come and do it on my doorstep. It's kind of like <laughs> it's a central location. So I'm going to come to Grant and Craig in a sec. But before we do, Craig and Grant did manage to speak to a couple of people. I'm going to go over to an interview you did first, Craig, with Craig Smith, because this was his first Echo Live. So I'm here with another Craig, Craig Smith. Hi there. We just bumped into each other. We've got to know each other through the internet. And yeah, like many people over <laughs> the last few months. <laughs> and our activities on there. So how are you finding Echo? Oh, it's amazing. My first one, it's just, uh, it's incredible. It's overwhelming. I mean, obviously, it's just the amount of people here is quite unusual, but the, the, the experience is brilliant. All the cosplay and all the stalls. And I think the modern expression is thirsty. People are thirsty for it. Thirsty, very <laughs> thirsty. Hungry, thirsty, yeah, and I'm certainly spent up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. tell us what you've been buying. Uh, mainly loose figures, card backs. Um, I've got into, i finished my loose run, so now I'm buying card backs and buying all the loose figures again to pair them up with card backs and put them in some lovely acrylic cases. Those acrylic cases are brilliant. They're absolutely stunning, yeah. yeah. And those case, big cases down there as well. I've got one of those that uh, Drew makes and they're absolutely incredible as well. Drew, so is you know i think he's probably responsible for a lot of loose collections i think he's responsible for the majority of traffic coming in and out of swindon at the moment (laughs) (laughs) so i've just been you know i've had a quick run round. it seems quite vintage heavy a lot of vintage a lot of vintage yeah i mean it's great when you you can see all the people kind of bustling around the vintage stuff and uh, i mean there's modern stuff as well but yeah it's definitely the vintage that's flushed everybody out I think yeah I was just stood in the queue with Grant and he said that now I understand why I'm always outbid on everything <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah definitely yeah no it's definitely it's, it's sort of uh, and and when you ask I'm asking I mean I came here with a couple of specific figures I was looking for and nobody's got them no, uh, no. a man a man no Really? You know, a wing pilot, no. It's an, uh, I've, specific, I've even bought my old ones to flog in case I managed to pick them up. So, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. Hot stuff, hot stuff. It Brilliant. is hot stuff, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Worth more than gold. Well, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people. Well, thanks for talking to us. Absolute Catch pleasure. Soon. Keep up the good work. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant, as always. Always great to talk to people at the event. So if you ever see us at an event, please, please come and ask us for an interview because we're always up for that. So, Grant and Craig, you attended the event. Can one of you, first of all, take us through the event, uh, how big it was, how busy it was, and the highlights? So, as as Jez says, it's a it's a moving feast. So it, it it tends to pop up wherever there's space. And certainly, the last time we did this, which would have been October 2019, does that sound right? Certainly, the last one we went to, the the space available in the shopping centre was a long uh, sort of atrium and down into what were effectively service corridors of the shopping centre and it was very crammed it was down two sides so you had to go down one side go to the end double back go around the atrium go down another side so in terms of its its layout it was it, it was tricky this time it was in a fair-sized shopping unit used to house uh, next so it was all in one place one door in one door out and arranged like good retail spaces so you could, could go through the venue see all the tables do a bit of a circuit so from from that respect it really came together for the, for the venue I found it a lot easier to navigate there was air conditioning in there as well which really helped because there were a lot of people a lot of people hungry for uh, for some Star Wars I got there about about half nine they had early bird access 
from nine till ten. So if you paid eight pounds, nothing yeah. really, is it really? So if you weren't an early birder, you had to queue outside, uh, and the line went right down one side of the shopping centre to uh, to the crossroads and and down the other side. Just an incredible turnout, I thought, and it was quite a while as the as the crowd shuffled uh, shuffled forward. They were managing the numbers quite well. I think they reached a capacity, and it was one in, one out from there. So if you weren't in that first sort of tranche of people, you had to wait a while. But yeah, everything was uh, it was good. People were in good humour. People weren't waiting outside in the rain or the scorching heat. It was yeah. I think the shopping centre environment really really helps uh, with some of that stuff. What's really good about it as well is that you know when you go into the shopping centre, they've got these like tiles on the floor that like echo live this way, and the, the closer you get, you start seeing oh look, there's a Mandalorian over there, definitely heading in the right direction. And then the next thing you know, you're there. And we we did have to queue, didn't we? But to be honest, that queue that wasn't a long way at all, was it? Not like really. Pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, I think the boys have done a. Uh, they've got this as a well-oiled machine now. You know, they know exactly what they're doing. There was plenty of dealers in there to the point where you know I watched two videos last night that uh, some YouTubers have done of Echo because it's 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 overwhelming. There's just so much stuff everywhere of all different types, all different kinds, modern, vintage. It's too much to take it all in. You have to do about four or five laps just to sort of settle. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, that was my technique anyway. But um, but I think you know the the main point was just to see so many. You know, like you said, that Adam said just uh, just to see your friends again because it'd been a year and a half of nonsense and chaos for everyone, and to have the opportunity to finally meet back up again and get some normality that was really grounded and that was the priority I think just to see people and I think everyone felt that and that's why everyone was on good form good vibes and uh, that's, that that was probably the most important thing what about covid could you feel there was an air of nervousness with people being in so close proximity was uh, it well managed i mean i can speak personally and i was as anxious as i always am going to these things going to these places all good intentions to wear masks and be safe and all that stuff and, and five minutes into a room full of your mates and star wars it, those concerns melted away I would say, what would you say, Grant? Twenty-five percent of people wearing masks. Not, not an overwhelming majority by any stretch. You know, we were all in there. I think it's mostly people on stalls because they have to stand there. They're not moving around, are they? But not, not everybody on the store was wearing a mask. No, not everyone. No, no. I haven't heard any, uh, any stories of uh, a pandemic there <laughs> coming out of it. So uh, I take it it was all, um, all well done. What about what was on offer? I mean, we've seen a, a steady increase in prices over lockdown we've we've covered it several times on this show was was that the case face to face were the prices up from what you expected it was nice that it's a convention where not every stall is just a stack of funko pops <laughs> it's it's so far from it and <laughs> star wars wise uh, i think you've pretty much got all your bases covered there they do there's a lot of modern there a lot of black series stuff obviously seems really popular but anything from 95 to to modern day was represented and then on the vintage stuff there was plenty of carded figures and box play sets i think yeah there was enough for everyone you're going to find something that you'd like easily you know you say price wise are things expensive well yeah but wherever you go in the current climate things are expensive so you know and there was a reasonable you know sort of spectrum of of you know carded figures there for 100 pounds and then you know you had some beautiful carded figures like a glass leak c3p or something like that or a trilogo death star droid 12 back paddy toy luke for you know six six grand our friend nick he had a vinyl cave jawa kenner 12 back he had a 12 back paddy toy there and he had a 
Ben Kenobi on a Return of the Jedi Jawa card back as well. So, you, and that actually got picked up by Vectus. Vectus was there. Was it the uh, BBC Craig doing a little documentary whilst we were there? Yeah, the B, there were there were notices up saying that the BBC were filming a, a documentary about Vectus. So they were they were there, stood by their stall quite a lot of the time, just filming what was going on. But uh, Nick's really rare, obviously highly uh, sought after miscard of the of the Ben Kenobi on the Jawa card back. Uh, I did notice he was being interviewed by our friend Nick at the Vector stall, and the, and the BBC were, were were filming that as well. So you know there was some, you know, like I said, it's the full spectrum, isn't it? I wanted that final Cape Jawa off Nick on the 12 back. I would have really liked that. And then I noticed it had a 90 grade on it, which I was looking for a AFA 30 grade because that was more within my budget. But they don't, didn't have an AFA 30 grade final Cape Jawa, unfortunately. I mean, all the all the dealers I spoke to all said they were doing really well. Um, they were having a great day. Um, people were just wanting the stuff, throwing the money at them. Certainly, I didn't hear anybody say they'd had a bad day. Um, did bump into our friends Seth and his dad. So it was Seth's first experience of being able to buy Star Wars away from the internet. So his little face was was great. He was just in awe of it. So I had a little chat to them, and you know, I don't think there's anybody going to be as keener about the prices than than those guys. And their feedback to me was that they were all over the place. They were really like some people were really high, and there were some bargains to be had, and they they were very cock a hoop because they would they just uh, got themselves an imperial dignitary with uh, no nose rub so they were they were happy little chappies well that uh, that leads us into perfectly into another another interview grant i believe you did this one peter lee and uh, i haven't heard this yet but if it is what to believe believe this one's all about knitting uh, so I'm here with my friend uh, Peter Lee. Peter, uh, nice to see you again. How are you doing, mate? I'm very good, Ron. How are you? So could you explain this uh, knitting book that you're selling today? I can. It's, uh, it's from the publisher that I work for, Pavilion Books, and we've been, um, we buy it in from an American publisher called Insight. So we were, we're the UK publisher, and uh, yeah, it's going down a storm. <laughs> for real? That's amazing. <laughs> it's true. It's all true. It's all true. Wow, do they do any other stuff? They do, yeah, look them up. Inside books, insighteditions.com. Amazing. And pavilionbooks.com, there you go. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> and how much is this written book? It's uh, it's twenty two ninety five, but today it's ten pounds. There you go. Better than half price and cheaper than Amazon. So there we go. And uh, how's your obviously because of COVID, this is our first convention back. Uh, how, how have you been, and, and uh, how's your collecting journey over over this over this period? It's been good. Yeah, it's good to see everyone today. Sell some, get rid of some of the modern stuff, and sort of focusing on the vintage stuff. But yeah, it's been it's been good. Weird. Lockdown's been weird, but. Managed to pick up a few bits and yeah, picked up some bits from Nick today, which is which is nice. So some Jawas. Yeah, I got two Jawas off of him. So everybody loves a Jawa. Indeed, yeah, I got the twenty back. Nice. Uh, the Fet offer, and I got the Meccano twelve back. So yeah. Did you did you find that uh, through uh, the the pandemic that you're spending more or less on Star Wars? Less to start, yeah, certainly less to start, and but yeah, picked up a bit recently, and yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's good. I think you know with uh, everyone not going on holiday and stuck at home. And uh, what about what about sort of like your 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 you have like a collective room and I do yeah it's up in my loft so yeah it's sort of pretty what? nice. Plenty of time to get up there. And I did yeah I got some lights in the cabinets over the year and so yeah they yeah. were tidy <laughs> sorted out a load of modern stuff to get rid of. I, I was the same where I started uh, like cleaning the, uh, the Souls collection some of it for a while this hasn't been dusted for a while you know. Yeah no absolutely and I think everyone had that sort of refocus had a look what they've got and actually. 
appreciate what you've got rather than that constant kind of wanting to get more to add to it. So that's that was pretty nice. But um, yeah. So, so so what is your focus at the moment? What are you at the moment? I'm what am I trying to do? Finish Tri Lego last 17 run. Nice. I need four of those and. Um, one of the 12 inch box dolls, I just need the IGA T8 to finish that run as well. So, yeah, focusing wow. to, to try and pull those together. So, yeah. There was an IGA T8 just one at the Vectors, didn't there? I know, I, was, I thought I might be able to get that, but that went, went high, didn't it? Went for like, I think, about 1200 after fees, 1300 or so, which is, yeah. I know it's going to be sort of. It's sort of around a grand at the moment, but that yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big commitment, and um, so I'm still looking to, for me to finish the last uh, 17 trilogues. Looking for a Luke Poncho. Yeah, I managed. I got one of those recently, but yeah, I need Luke, Stormtrooper, a Man of Man, um, R2 Pop Up, and Barada. The last oh, four, yeah. I need those. Did so you manage to get the yak? I did. Yeah, I got that off, off Nick. Wow. I get everything off Nick. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, <laughs> the amount of payment plans I've had with him is ridiculous. Indeed, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's a fun run, I think. So, but they've gone up crazy in the last year. So, it has, yeah, yeah. And I sat on has that. With everything. Sat on that loop. Luke Poncho is my least favourite, like, least favourite figure of all of them. I was like, oh, I don't really want to. You know, I'm just ticking a box, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to get it, and now it's you know 200 quid more than it was two years think, ago. Yeah, everyone's doing that same run. So, um, yeah. Keep an eye. They'll come around. There's a lot of them out there. It's just a matter of getting the decent ones. Really, the car. I'm trying to get decent cards. The bubbles are always hard to get decent ones. But yeah, and the decent ones, you know, people are grading them, and then the skyrockets again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But um, yeah, no, I'll get there. Four more to do. So. Okay, cool, man. Pete, nice to see you, mate. And you, good to see you. Take care. Speak to you soon, buddy. Right, well, there's Peter Lee, a nice man with two names. So, did either of you make the social? I know, I don't think you did, Craig. I know, Grant, you always say you're not and then kind of get pulled into it. Did you end up staying? No, mate, I had uh, friends, twins, they were having their 40th birthday party, so I had to leave quite early and would have got some more interviews probably and taken more photographs if we were going to stick around longer. But no, it was, uh, it was quite a short in and out affair of about four or five hours. Well, there's certainly been a lot of photos. Again, not long after our freedom day as uh, it's been tagged but definitely seemed to be a vast amount out what were the cosplayers like i think there was a, a load of cosplayers wasn't there i think there was a couple of troopers there your hoff trooper was really good your boba fett your, there was a attack driver which was good a stormtrooper princess Leia that was really good Brilliant. so yeah just out of interest that you brought that up are you thinking about getting a costume no Oh. No, I'd love to. Uh, I really, really would, but I have to uh, budget what I can do, and 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 I got a huge respect for it. I really, really do. I would love to do it, but right now it just doesn't work for me. You know, we've spoken about this at length. You know, after having done the whole running stormtrooper thing, I love the idea of just regular trooper, you know, biker scout and anything else. Um, I got the utmost respect for these people who give up their time and and do it uh, and uh, adopt a. Uh, a different character you know for, for people who do that cosplay stuff they can just immerse themselves in, and have fun but generally a lot of them are raising some great money for charities and a variety of charities i think what it does with echo and the likes of all the others is it gives such a broadening appeal to these events which you know maybe the parent who wants to go to the store to buy a vintage figure or what have you it just gives an element of distraction and um, to the child and, and all round sense of 
that fun element which so many of us have lost for 18 months you must I, I get the impression it must have felt like when you're going to a celebration for the you know on day one and you start seeing the point of sale up and the banners and, and all the sort of vinyl banners hanging down and stuff if they've got these little things on the floor saying echo live this way that's got to bring the excitement up a little bit and the anticipation for what you're about to see Sounds great. Are you going to get a uh, cosplay grant? You've been talking about it for at least six years. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. If I, yeah, I'd love to. I just don't want to do it alone. That's why, because you said you, you would. <laughs> the word you used was love to. So I thought oh, I would I'd love to. Yeah. I would Craig, love to. Craig, you didn't uh, dust off the Luke Skywalker uh, robes. Was there a chance that you were going to do that? No, it's a bit. I kind of, I, you know, I've been there, done that. To be absolutely honest with you, I struggle with wigs. I've, you know, I don't have the hair anymore, and it frustrates me that i can't make it look right and you have to spend serious money to get that i think they call it hero hair there's a company that does it i've looked into it believe me (laughs) do you know what though one thing i will say is if there's any doubts over the sort of passion and enthusiasm for star wars it's doing fine the franchise is doing absolutely fine there was plenty of people there and there's probably getting more and more people each time we go to these echo shows so yeah i wouldn't worry about you know the bottom dropping out of your vintage collection anytime soon because there was plenty of people happy and invested into it totally there's a couple of things i just want to bring up before we move on here uh first of all buy anything i bought the echo base vintage trading star wars palatoy cardbacks guide because i figured i'm on a podcast now i need to know about this stuff i understand jason smith was on site i'm not sure about the other authors but did you get him to sign it i got him to sign it yeah, yeah. It's personally dedicated to me by Mr. Palatoy himself. I got one of those books. They're great, but mine is unsigned. Sucks to be you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah brilliant item, Craig. And Grant, what have you been uh, treating yourself to? Because I know you can't resist when you're at these things. Yeah, it was really exciting to be be there and to see my favourite thing to collect is obviously the vintage mint on card. So it's dead excited to be in a former shop full of carded figures unfortunately the 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 kind of figures i'm looking for at the moment are few and far between so but i did manage to pick up two mint on cards the first one is a kenner empire strikes back 45 back rebel commander that's on the 45a card now kind of got a soft spot for this card because i never had the rebel commander as a child so uh this is a figure that came out in 1981 on the 41 back card so this is the second wave of empire strikes back after the kenner 31 backs in 1980 so this, this figure arrived in 1981 alongside Yorgnaut, Dengar, Han Solo, Bespin, Lobart, Leia Hoth, the Attack Driver, the Imperial Commander, and 21B. So all of those were 41 backs. This is a 45A. So this was a reissue that came out in 1982. And the 45 back card is known for having the Empire Strikes Back display arena mail-away offer. There's two different versions. There's a 45A and a 45B. And this is a 45A. And, uh, and how you can tell the difference is on the expiry date for the Empire Strikes Back display offer on the back. So the 45A has the expiry date of the 31st of May 1982. And the 45B has an extension of that offer to the 31st of July 1982. And it's basically a sticker that overlays the original date. So very happy to get that Empire Strikes Back card. It's taken over 40 years, but finally got one. And then secondly, I got a Lando Calrissian 70 back on the German Parker Trilogo card. You know, if you look at this card from a distance, it looks like your standard Paddy Toy Trilogo. But there are two different identifiers that you can tell that this is a German Parker card. First of all is that 
the the punch itself is a long thin shape with sort of like a triangle punch on it looks a bit like the pally toy 70c type 2 punch but it's thinner so if you see a, a really long thin punch on the card that's, that's probably a good indicator that this is a german parker card now even though these are sold in germany they have uh, appeared with british price stickers on them so they, they they were probably all around the place but they they are identified as german parker cards and the other way of identifying it is if you turn it around you know where you've got the action figure backdrop which is sort of like an orangey yellow backdrop backdrop that's on all the different figure card backs yes right so uh this is actually like a really bright yellow version of it and i didn't i didn't actually know that so i researched it a bit today but if you actually look at parker card back and turn it around and compare it to your usual pally type one there is, it is a lot of a it's a lot brighter color there so very happy with both of those mint on cards as i say you know the days of picking up multiple mint on cards a year uh have you know have faded away by the looks of it and it's only one or two every now and then unfortunately but obviously really happy because collecting mint on card is my favorite thing i don't think anything else collecting wise makes me more excited no i get that i get it what what bubbles on it did you say so the bubble is your standard paddy toy large bubble it's not the bubble itself it's the punch that's the that, right. that, that's the identifier so if you look at all of the paddy toys if you look at like the, the the spanish ones and the french ones they all have different punches so the spanish ones have like a ufo looking punch that's because of uh, european uh, legislation that was brought in uh, during that period so they've got like what's known as ufo which is like a circle uh, within the punch this is just like a long thin punch and in the middle is a small triangle with the paddy toy is a bit thicker with a larger triangle uh, punch on it mate they uh, they sound brilliant what do you think of the lando not just the tri logo but as a as a carded figure the image do you know what i can see why people uh, wouldn't be a fan of it because it is quite quite boring isn't it it's just a portrait shot of him but i've got I've got four of him and I actually think they look quite nice all together. It's so yeah, like Jez is starting a Sakuda focus. You're starting a Lando side focus. No, it's just to get one. I mean, my goal is to get all of the figures on a Star Wars card, an Empire card, a Jedi card, and a Trilogo card. But with the Lando, you've got that initial variation of any where he wasn't smiling to begin with, and then he was smiling. So that meant we had to get two Empire cards, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I, I did enjoy getting them. Well, brilliant, mate. Uh, glad you've got another two off your list. And um, hopefully, just hopefully, there'll be uh, something like a Father's Strong before the end of the year. We can maybe add a couple more. Yeah, I'd like a, a Trilogo Luke Poncho, which used to be easy to find, but can't seem to get it these days. Uh, Trilogo Leia Hoff would be at the top of my list. And as of yesterday, I seem to have a thing for a Trilogo Han Hoff. Yeah, if anyone's got any of those, please give us a shout. I'd be more than happy to, uh, to purchase one of those off you. We're going to go over to another interview which Grant did with uh, Paul Davis, who has recently opened up a new store. And uh, again, he's one of the proper good guys in the hobby. I am here with Paul Davis. Uh, Paul, nice to nice to see you. How are you doing, mate? I'm really good, thank you. Excellent. Sorry for the American interview. Uh, <laughs> <time. laughs> How are you? Uh, so, since since the last we've seen of you, you've opened up your own market store. I have, yeah. Um, just a couple of days uh, every couple of weeks in Hereford. Really good. I think there seems to be something the town wanted. So who knew yeah. there's a lot of Star Wars geeks in Hereford, which is nice. There, there um, used to be a Star Wars shop in Hereford 25 years ago. I know the one, yeah. yeah. Um, something comics. Uh, Demon comics. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, that, that's yeah. it's been a bit of a gap. So hopefully I've filled that gap in the market. And um, how have you found the convention today? Really good, really busy. We've got a nice spot which is quite quiet at the very back corner. Um, lots 
seems to be varied interests so a lot of vintage but a lot of uh, modern interest as well which is good so um, and seeing the young kids coming through and picking up clone wars and stuff like that as well so I guess you can see the hobby still grows so, so it's good so um, have you noticed there's been an uplift in, in modern men yeah, and for my store, normally there's a, a, a sort of balance between the two. You've got the, uh, which is, there still is to a degree, but I think maybe because vintage prices have moved on so much, a lot of people are looking at vintage collection and black series, and those sort of fill the gap. So, um, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of sales on that side of things, um, and people are you know genuinely looking for them, not just a spur of the moment thing. So, yeah, I think modern's on the rise. Yeah, because for someone who doesn't actually collect modern. I'm looking at things like the vintage collection and they're $100, $200 modern figures. Yeah, that's, it still doesn't quite click with me. So, um, but Black series as well, you know, prices go up on those. They can, but I think the, it's the more affordable ones that I've been selling today. So it's the, the 10, 15, 20 quid figures. So, so um, maybe that's just what I had on my stall, but you know, it's... <laughs> um, uh, I think it, it's just an affordable way of collecting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and likewise, I think if I'd have had a 200 quid Ahsoka vintage collection sat on the stand, it'd probably still be sat there now. So I think it's the, the higher end maybe doesn't shift as much. Because what I don't understand is that um, if they've got the tool in to release a Black Series figure in 2015, they've still got that tool in. Yeah, I know, so it doesn't make we, a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, if they reissue it, I mean, it doesn't. The vintage I can understand, but the modern I don't understand. Why yeah, well, you, you look at the Black Series, and recently they've just started reissuing the the um, archive collection, they called it. So right, right. a lot of people have been sat on these um, cards, uh, boxed Black Series. Suddenly, if it's the figure you're interested in, you can get that again for 20 quid in the shops. And um, I think that's that'll make a dent in some of the collectors' markets there. But uh, it's nice for the, the collectors you missed out at the time they came out to be able to pick them up. So, uh, Paul, uh, very lucky you are today. So I was able to give you a free 10 foot by 4 foot yeah, it's Force great. Awakens John Boyega banner. Uh, yeah. uh, what's the plan with that? Is it going to be in the bedroom? or? Um, if it fits in the car, it'll come home. If it doesn't fit in the car, it'll be in uh, Kingfisher Car Park 4, if anyone is interested in that. Um, so, yeah, it could be fun trying to squeeze that in the focus. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you, do you realise that there is another couple to collect as well? It's more than just the John Boyega one. Really? Yeah. So, if, do you want me to keep an eye out for you? And Absolutely not, no. no? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you, what, what else in your, for your collective journey at the moment? What else are you actually chasing down and looking for? I'm still looking for the Anakin offers, but I've got so many now that it's they're really hard to find ones. So, um, oh, the Anakin offer. I thought you meant yeah. Anakin like the little child no, no, of no, Phantom no, no, no chance. Um, the, yeah, so the mail away Anakin offer on the Return of the Jedi cards. Um, so if anyone's got a Yoda, a Tie Fighter pilot, Ben Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. It's not for sale. <laughs> you can give me that instead of one of these massive posters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so it's that that I'm sort of focused on. But I've, I picked up a few vehicles as well recently, so um, you know, got to fill the loft somehow. Have you um, have you found any Anakin stickers on Empire cards? No, they were factory done, so they're all returned to Jedi card only. Ah, right. So it's not like the uh, the Power of the Force coin offer, which was stuck to anything. The Anakin run was done at the factory on the Return of Jedi cards. What about um, any any sticker sheets ever been issued or? Not that I've seen. No. Um, and also there's a 
a shelf talker apparently on there, but that just doesn't come up for sale. That doesn't. No. no. So, and if it does, really I can't nice afford one. it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been looking for that. There's no chance now. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're gone. But uh, yeah, so it's 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 interesting and as a run, but it's sort of slowed up now for me. So, so just buying fun bits. So once again, Anakin Skywalker sticker, Return of the Jedi cards. I take it they're all Kenner. Which yep. ones are we looking for? Tie Pilot? Tie Pilot, I know someone's got that. Um, <laughs> Yoda, Ben Kenobi, uh, Greedo's popped up recently. Oh wow. Bosk, uh, there's one of those around. Um, but yeah, just hit me up if you've got one, I'll let you know if, if I need it or not. Thank you so much, mate. <laughs> no problem. See you soon, bro. Cheers, mate. That was brilliant. That was Paul there. Something else I saw a lot online was, I mean, swag has always been a big thing at celebrations, but it's slowly building up in UK events. We've had a little of from, but, but Echo is building up. And I did see some great, think it was Ben Potter and Richard Temple had the Yoda soda. Did either of you pick up anything like that? I didn't pick up the Yoda soda. It wasn't until after I got home that I realised it was beer, but that would have been nice in the little beer can collection, wouldn't it? But did I pick up any swag? I got a Helix-inspired badge from Andy Preston. And bizarrely, I was handed a a Gamorrean Garden Han Solo HC Ford badge uh, by Jason Smith. This makes you part of a club. I'm very out and proud um, to be part of this this little club of Star Wars collectors who own a HC Ford memo pad that features Han Solo and the Gamorrean Guard. So I've got a lovely little badge that says uh, Gammy and Han Club member. At this moment in time, only you, Jason Smith and Andy Preston are part of this club. As far as we know, as far as we know, we are the only three. If anyone on the call can tell us any different, now's your time. So you get this badge if you've got a gammy hand. Grant, do you not own this this little notepad? Yeah. There was some more swag, wasn't there? Didn't didn't Echo Base have a... Couldn't you put the early bird set together? Was that them or was that somebody? I don't know. I saw that. I Echo had quite a lot of swag because they had like uh, cups and they had... I think there was a cocktail shaker they had and stickers and patches and stuff like that. Sean, is it Sean Crawford who plays Jack Face? He had a lot of swag on his table. You could get sort of like Dixie sort of cups off him and card backs and stickers off him. There was a fair bit of that. Some brilliant swag. I'm sure there's lots we haven't mentioned there, but in this section here i'm sure craig will find every bit of swag every bit of swag that was at that event and he will post it in the visual so you can uh, all enjoy that afterwards also I, I was looking at the charity thing those drew tech cases which we've talked about before and when we come return to the collecting spaces i'd quite like to get him on briefly on that show but um he donated two of his cases didn't he in that charity raffle that's a hell of a hell of a great prize if you were had won one of them in that raffle. Been well chuffed walking away with that. Got one of those cases and they are incredible. Zero regrets because my collection, my new collection is phenomenal there. Right, so the final interview you caught up with Andy Goulden. Uh, here at Echo Live with Andy Golden. Andy, how are you finding the convention? I'm finding it very good, yeah. As per usual, these Echo events are really good fun. Great chance to see some old friends and catch up, especially after COVID. So, yeah, we're enjoying it. Uh, any Anything that you picked up of interest? or uh, Just a couple of little bits. Nothing of any particular great shakes. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I haven't picked COVID up, so that's a, that's a big win. But just some Palatoy boxes for a couple of my childhood toys, and that's about it, really, today. 
Okay, what Palitoy box did you, did you have to... It's an X-Wing fighter box. I've got still got my uh, childhood Palitoy X-Wing. I've, I've got a Palitoy X-Wing mint, but I just wanted a box to go with that, so that was quite nice. A um, couple of the little bits and bobs, really. And some cases from Christian, as per usual. Yeah, always lots of cases of Christian. Yeah. So is that the is that the Palitoy, is that the Star Wars one? Yes, yeah, the original Star Wars box, yeah. It's like we said, we were talking earlier, it's, as the collections grow, obviously I've been doing this for decades, it's, it becomes harder and harder to pick things up because you've kind of got everything and you're just looking for either upgrades or little niche pieces. So for us old guys, it's getting really hard to actually add stuff to the collection. Yeah. Yeah, embarrassingly so, I find. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, 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 if you walk up to a market uh, table, it's full of a set of the Jedi mocks. It's not even worth stopping at. Unfortunately, no. There's still a couple I could do with uh, upgrading on, but yeah, it's, yeah, we're just we're just A, old, B, full up with Star Wars stuff. C, liable to get divorced if we get any more. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how are you finding with uh, Christian's uh, GW acrylic cases? Put them in in box. If you have a couple of those, that's quite a lot of weight on top of those cabinets. You find in that? <laughs> Fortunately, as a as a structural design engineer, I, I can calculate the load, and we're fine. We're okay. Right. I'm having a bit of an anxiety attack. That my bedroom's going to collapse into yeah. the living room. Pro probably ha hanging yours up on command strips and blue tacks, not the way to go. <laughs> yeah, probably not. You're going go through the middle and down to Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if we find a sinkhole in Wales, it'll be Grant's house where it's imploded <laughs> under the weight of GW acrylic. And the uh, recent prop store auction, uh, big success, lovely pieces there. Yeah, it was, yeah, I managed to pick up a piece. What um, did you get? I got the, the Rebel Fleet Trooper jacket. I know I've oh, spoke nice. to you guys before, you know I've got the Rebel Blaster from the opening scenes of Star Wars, which came, long story about it, it came from Bacti the Armourers. Um, it went to Starlog magazine for a photo shoot and then went back to Bacti after that and had been cleaned and dressed etc. So I bought that many, many years ago. But when the Rebel Fleet Trooper jackets come up, I always intended to add one to that and managed yeah, yeah. to pick one up in the recent auction. So that was a nice thing to pick up. Because they, they had a Jedi Blast there, didn't they? But that, is that similar to the, the no, Rebel Fleet no, one? No, the, the, re the original Rebel Fleet Trooper ones are like a, a hard cast resin. Right. They were just a, basically, there's no trigger and nothing like that. They're just literally a solid resin block, basically. And if you, if you pause and actually look at them, you'll see how terrible and crude they are. And especially if you hold one in your hands, it is just like, I could have made something better than this age five in, the, in school. It's terrible. But that's the brilliantness of them. That's the greatness of it. It's so crude and terrible, but you get away with it and it's just pure fantasy. Brilliant. Uh, was, there, was there anything else at that auction which you thought, if, if money was no limit? No, uh, well, there was a couple. Say Phantom that was a lovely Phantom Menace script. Was there a lovely Phantom Menace script? There was a lovely Phantom Menace script, actually, wasn't there? Yeah. Was oh, I was looking for a last Jedi script, but apparently there weren't any. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying that bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a t-shirt out of that. I could agree with you more. Anything else? That, obviously there was the layer script, wasn't there? The yeah, it was a nice bit. There was a couple of bits there that I had to pop on non-Star Wars stuff. I did, I did try and get the Moonraker shuttle from the James Bond film Moonraker, wow. but unfortunately I went a bit beyond what I was willing to pay. And there was a couple of other little bits and pieces in there I kept them on, but that was the only piece I came away with this time, was the Fleet Trooper jacket, which I'm happy with. Well, well, uh, the concept that you had this time seemed to be of juggling things around a bit. So there was like uh, Star Wars earlier on, it was, the day before, and then Star Wars the day yeah, after? Yeah, it was more along the lines of um, basically extending the auction out and bringing more kind of 
entry-friendly level pieces in. So rather than having super high-end pieces all the way through, it was kind of like concentrate the high-end on the first day, and the second couple of days have a variety of pieces that may be a lower starting point to give everyone uh, a, you know, a good chance of it, which was great. It seemed to work really well. I think everybody got pieces, and you didn't necessarily need £100,000 to get a piece. You could buy something for a few hundred dollars and enjoy it and be very happy. Yeah. Okay, thanks for that, Andrew. Sorry, no worries. That's brilliant, and it's always a great one to catch up with. Um, boys, it sounds like a great event. Gutted I wasn't there. Cannot wait for the announcement. If you haven't seen it, Craig did a lovely little video on the day. It's very, it's nice and short, nice and compact, but it gives you a proper feeling of what that event was about. So go and check it out on any of our social media pages. So since we recorded this, there has been an announcement on that date for the next Echo Live, and it is April the 2nd, 2022. So that is April 2nd, 2022 at the Kingfisher Centre, Redditch. And seriously, you're a fool if you don't come. Okay, so moving on. Now, Jez, you picked this up probably a couple of months back now. I'm not sure if you've told a story on here, but I'm sure you'll lead with that anyway. It's led you into doing an actual piece on this month's show about what you purchased. So uh, yeah. over to you, mate. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Probably the most random way to frame this is uh, for a while, Jules and I were watching a TV show called Parks and Recreation, an American sort of uh, sitcom. And in there, there's a couple who have got a treat yourself day where um, you just have one special day uh, annually where they just call it treat yourself and they go out and they just spend like kings and have a good time. Now, we've taken that little sort of term at home and, and treat yourself means, oh, might actually buy a coffee whilst I'm in town or, you know, might, might go nuts and treat myself to a new shirt or something or other. Anyway, that's treat yourself day. It just so happened to be that I was in Reading uh, getting a car serviced and I said to the wife when I went in, hmm, I feel like today is going to be treat yourself day. And I happened to be uh, walking along and I thought to myself, oh, whilst I'm here, I'll go and check out the little vintage shop. So it's a classic retro shop, which I think we mentioned before because it was the same shop I went to where I found something which would suit Craig down to the ground and, and Craig ended up purchasing something there. Anyways, I got there, I got, got to the front and I saw something which was very interesting and uh, very unusual. And it was an Italian four pack vintage line, uh, three Trilogo uh, carded figures and a Kenner, but more on, more on that shortly. But it was a, a rare treat for sure. And I saw this thing in the window and first of all, I was just like, wow, now I, I know that this is special and we will come on to that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, but then I went through this whole thing of, hmm, yeah, I'd love to have that in my collection, but not really got a great deal of disposable income. Anyway, I went in to, to chat to the owner and uh, and he knew exactly what he had. I mean, he said that he had had that in his shop for about four and a half months. But this was in May. This is when I went there, May the 16th it was. And uh, so he had it 
just as the country was still going in and out of lockdowns and the shop was hardly open because let's face it a little retro shop is is hardly one of those urgent must have open stores so he hadn't actually had a great deal of business but he had had some interest in it now he had had people who were trying to give him lowball offers and some people who actually wanted him to split up this thing because what what i have here is the four packs were came out it had sort of drawdown and the sort of not the demise but it the sort of time when star wars was it a real sort of low point you know it, it passed several years have passed and, and people were then getting into other things there was a significant amount of overstock within europe and you know you look at ways of how they dealt with that Woolworths eight packs for example you know strip them off the cards chuck them on an eight pack boom move them on now what they had here now these were carded in the uk and uh, and sent off so italian ones and german ones as well so four figures now you might say gathered randomly but actually there are quite a few examples of where the same combination in the same order has been used so there was some sort of method to the madness but we'll come on to a little bit of that more as well so you gather together four cards overlapping each other so from left to right you can just see bubble 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 and then a carded figure and then over the top of that almost taken up the entire card down to the bubble is a big star wars return of a jedi logoed piece of cardboard either side with either german writing on one side or italian english on the other with a big starburst sign on the right hand side which in majority of cases it was intended for people to put a price sticker on but the majority of them don't have uh, a price sticker or a handwritten or anything like that one of the um, sort of schools of thought on that is that these didn't even reach retail stores and in a lot of cases didn't actually even leave the uk after palatoy had uh, apparently put these together it, it's considered that actually a great deal of these came to light when i say a great deal these are still fairly rare and, and hard to find but the majority actually came to light when they were sold by sort of uh, traders and dealers at the end of the 80s it is something which is quite special it's it, you know it takes up a little bit of space and it's one of those things where it's fairly eye-catching with the figures there with the big starburst and you look at these if you were to look at now at italian four pack you would probably find one on ebay at around about four thousand pounds you wouldn't find any german ones on ebay but there are some on certain stalls you know so i think dallas vintage toys uh, I, I've seen evidence of them, uh, Brian's toys, etc. So they, they've made it over to America. They have been graded by the uh, UKG and both AFA as well. But there have been some issues with these. Now, um, there is evidence where people have actually swapped out some of the carded figures. And why might you do that? Well, this leads me on to the fact that there are a couple of the carded figures amongst these collections, which are um, pretty hard to find. And people will look at it and go, right, well, for example, my one comes with a particular Emperor's Royal Guard. And in fact, what I'll do is I'll, I'll just go over to Grant now, because um, there's something kind of different about this particular um, Emperor's Royal Guard, which has really got some people in a spin. And it's it's quite a popular one for people. So Grant, try logo figures, buddy. There are some where, you know, they're, they're 10 a penny and there are some mega hard to find ones. Now, I've got an Emperor's Royal Guard. Where, where would you say it sits in the scheme of things? Yeah, thanks, James. I went through this earlier and put like a little list together, but I think we have to preface this with what we're talking about is we're talking about your standard, common, tri-logo, pally toy. Just a fun list, not going into the variations or the details or anything, because I don't think that exists. So 
if we're thinking of just a, 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 a basic sort of pally toy, try logo list, just try logo, no, you know, country of origin or stickers or anything like that, or, you know, variations like 70A, BC, all that kind of stuff. If we're just talking, it's a try logo. And what are the top 10 rarest? I got Emperor's Royal Guard, which is my favorite one, by the way. I've got that at number seven. Number seven, right, yeah. I knew, I knew it was a hard to find, and, and it is a beautiful-looking card. Yeah, I can probably think of four or five, which I thought would have been higher. I thought Emperor's Royal Guard was, yeah, about five or six, so seven doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, you know, how rare is rare then? So what, what are we talking about? What's harder to find than uh, the Emperor's Royal Guard? Right, so I've got six above it, okay? This is including miscards or, like I said, wacky foreign variations or anything. I've got the General Radine, which I think is a consensus as number mm-hmm. one. And I think the next... For pretty much people have the same figures, maybe in a different order. I put the Boba Fett next. I was going to say, can I have a guess? Go for it. I mean, I think we all heard you just about to say Cloud Car Pilot. We'll come on to that. So that's those three Jawa, uh, Leah Hoth, Luke Stormtrooper. So the Jawa got a four. The Luke Stormtrooper got a ten. Sorry, I meant Luke Hoth, not Stormtrooper. I don't know why I said Stormtrooper. Got Luke Hoth at number six. Right. And I cross reference this with uh, our friend Ed Grant. Uh, he said, yeah, it looks pretty much the same. And he also highlighted that uh, actually quite some of the last 17 now are driving up prices because the loose ones are going for so much money because of the, the blasters. So I didn't have Luke Stormtrooper in the top 10 when we did this on another podcast 10, you know, 10 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. No, I, I don't know why I said Stormtrooper. I meant Hoth. I was visualizing Hoth but said Stormtrooper for some reason. But there we go. So, yeah. So there are there a list of hard to find ones. Which is really strange, isn't it? Because as we've said, you know, you look at it and you think, right, General Maydean, peg warmer on a on a Kenner or often Palatoy, number one hardest to find on a Tri logo. So that's why we find sometimes on these four packs that what you'll find is people have been saying, right, okay, that one's got a Tri logo Emperor's Royal Guard. What I'm going to do is open up the header, remove the Emperor's Royal Guard, and replace it with a Kenner one, and therefore they've then got. A Trilogo Emperor's Royal Guard valued it easily now a thousand pounds and replaced it aesthetically to this sort of not so keen eye. It look, looks exactly the same. It's just only you can really tell because of the position there that it's got a Kenner bubble rather than a Trilogo bubble. So, yes, we've seen that. There is evidence of that. There is evidence of other carded figures being swapped out. And and we've even seen it. We've, we've seen these things get graded where they've been graded. However, there is some quite clear swapping going on. I mean, one of the things here is this header is actually glued down onto the carded figures itself. So my one, the one which I ended up purchasing from this fantastic store, which is called Just Imagine Memorabilia in Reading, it was glued down, but the glue has given up the ghost. You can see now that the glue has dried off, so the header card can completely lift away. So I can now move around these carded figures. But what you've got, on the carded figures is a telltale glue signs all the way across and you often see that or when i say you often see that you sometimes see that in in collecting circles that someone might be selling let's say for example uh, a last 17 ewok or more likely a uh, an empress royal guard uh, tri logo and you might have telltale indications running across say the left hand side of that card just above the bubble where it would have been glued to the original header so these ones have been swapped out i've even seen a carded uh, a graded example where the header card is ran the wrong way so you've actually got the english um, over the figures and the uh, foreign language the italian on the rear 
But it's not the Emperor's Royal Guard, which is you know, the only one which has swapped out. Grant's already mentioned that one of the most um, popular tri-logos is the uh, Cloud Car Pilot. Now, Stu, that's not your standard tri-logo. In fact, you're a fan of the hybrid, aren't you? So uh, can you just give us a little bit of info on that hybrid tri-logos, mate? Yeah, so the hybrid tri-logos are um, the front of the card is the 65-back uh, Palatoy Return of the Jedi card, and the back of it is the traditional uh, tri-logo card back. Actually, do you know what? When when you go through the forums as to why this is, a lot of people predict that these were kind of like a gateway between Return of the Jedi and, and the Trilogo card, so early. But actually, Joe O'Brien wrote quite an interesting article over on Trilogo.info where he says it's probably more likely that... So, so there's six figures on the hybrid. You've got Greedo, Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, Cloudcar Pilot, and both Bespin Guards. And there's four figures which never appeared on Trilogos, which is your Forlom, Warus Man power droid and the death squad commander but he seems to think that there was a demand for the six figures that you see on a on there and they were put together after the main run of tri logos so i don't know um, which way around that is actually the case but um bit of a butcher's job but they're very very nice i mean i've had a greedo hammerhead and snaggletooth still got the greedo but on display they just look like the 65 back palatoy how did it look online on this is it always the Trilogo Emperor's Royal Guard that's in there? Because I'm looking at one exactly like yours now, Jez, and it looks like it's got a Trilogo squid head. Have you got that one? Uh, I do have a Trilogo squid head, yeah. Kenner Emperor's Royal Guard, it's and then a Ke- Kenner yeah. B-Wing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is one, and, and in fact, I've seen one of these for sale on Make Me an Offer after I had shown mine um, online to which everyone's like, wow, wow, you know, Emperor's Royal Guard. That's brilliant. And I have seen these. And who, who's to say? And it's very difficult to tell because you could easily lift these up with glue, obviously swap the cards over and re-glue them down. And, and you know, we know that these grading companies have made errors in the past. And and who's to say, you know, that there are known quantities here. And oh, sorry, there are, there are known examples and ones where it's like, yes, that is you know we've seen it time and time again an emperor's royal guard one so the these were done in the uk and done with palatoy they were done with a mixture of, of tri logos in fact there are a couple of examples of, of pure tri logo and then there are other examples of where this say this individual b-wing has been swapped out for a kenner and there are others where it's also been you know you, you've had kenner palatoy and tri logo all together but as I said, also, we have seen them for sale where they've had that telltale glue on, where they quite clearly have been swapped out or removed from the full back in, in the first place. You know, you look at it and you, and you speak to people and they're like, yeah, yeah, that one's obviously been added in there. So never say never, but I think it's extremely suspicious. The fact that there are known examples where it's the ERG in this exact order, and then that Trilogo ERG, funny old things, all of a sudden a Kenner. The thing is, I mean, I've seen the uh, headers for sale as well. Yeah. Just the headers, you know, unused headers. It's almost impossible to say. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it was people grabbing stock and putting headers on them and shipping them off. So you can't say for sure that, you know, overstocked American Kenner Emperor's Royal Guards weren't used when they run out of. You know, trilogos. Yeah, you know that yeah. it's a possibility. I mean, but when when the glue gives up on these headers, then the actual value of the four pack is pretty much the value of the sort of you know the separate constituent parts, isn't it? Really, it looks great displayed. I'm waiting for Christian to get a uh, acrylic case for these, so I so I can put it in together. You know, it's not something which I can grade. However, I look at it 
and I can see that this header is brilliant. The actual hanger tab on it is perfect. Going across the uh, the figure on the right hand side, it's a beta card. It's the ATST driver. The card is, is is damaged. It's got a little bit of little bit of water damage at the bottom, and the bubble looks like it's actually seen some heat. Uh, the Kenner B-Wing pilot, the only sort of damage on that is I can see the glue, where the glue goes across, the very thin glue, where the glue goes across where the header card would have been. Actually, the Emperor's Royal Guard is is fantastic. It's, it's really, really good, a lovely full-on shaped bubble. And it's the squid head, which has probably got the worst. There's a, a minor crack at the bottom of the squid head. But altogether, when I got this, or when I first saw it in the shop, you know, I was asking the guy questions, and, and he was saying, you know, he, he knew what he wanted. And he said that people had offered him low numbers. People had asked him just to sell the header. People wanted him to split it up. And in fact, people were offering, you know, a few hundred quid just for the header card. But he wanted to keep it together. He wanted it to go to a collector. He knew that he was getting sort of asked by dealers who he knew. I mean, this is a guy who's done the circuit himself and does go to various different collecting selling areas. You know, he's been down all over the place and he's done the collector manias and and he knows the circuit. So he knows when a dealer is trying to buy it versus he he wanted it to stay with someone who was going to keep it. And he told me, you know, how much he was initially looking for. He said there had been some interest. And I saw this and I just thought, no, it, it is wonderful. It's fantastic. And I was instantly drawn to it. So there's a great thing about our community is, you know, we're, we're so well connected and we, and you know, we speak to each other, we help each other out. So I shared the photographs with you guys, but I also uh, contacted Christian, who I know has four packs and is actually, you know, when you, when you Google four packs and the various forums come up, Christian is often on there or his pictures are there of the four packs, which he has. So he is an absolute sort of font of knowledge. I was hoping to get Christian on, but he's just been absolutely Harry maxed out with uh, with Echo. But he was, I'm just going back to the messages which we were sending to each other back on. Yeah, in fact, it wasn't the 16th, it was the 14th of May. I said I've seen this in a collection shop near me. It's a beta for sure, but the mocks are legit. Uh, he comes by saying, hi, Jez. Uh, it's a really nice four-pack, genuine as well for sure. Uh, it's in pieces, basically, so it's the sum of the parts. Obviously, the header card and the tri-logo ERG, the tasty bits, the ERG is worth about a thousand with an uncracked bubble on the header card. If it's not torn through the hanger, it's going to be about three to four hundred. And then with everything else with that, but it's a beautiful family. Keep it together. What's the asking price? We were going back and forth. I was using this as sort of ammunition to sort of try and haggle him down a little bit. But a big thing is I didn't have that disposable income. So it's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? I was contacting you guys. And it was a lovely sort of, this is the way it was done because it just, you guys were absolutely right. I was considering, right, okay, am I, um, I, I've got a Trilogo Yak Face. I might be able to sell that or I might be able to sell this. And, and the way in which I thought I could get this into my collection was by selling a big ticket item. And, and Grant, what, what was your advice with regards to that you know you I, I was saying to you oh this is how i can do it but you you were given actually i i thought that you would be very much a, yeah yeah do it do it but you gave me some quite strong advice which i'm really really grateful for yeah let's have a look i think you offered up some some really nice pieces carded yak faces and proof cards and stuff like that uh and i thought the better idea was to hold on to those items because first of all they were quite iconic items you know they were semi big ticket items and i thought perhaps instead of selling one thing just get a, a 
some sort of more or less more common Return of the Jedi kind of figures that you might be able to pick up. But say you would have found them at Echo and maybe sell three, four of those so you can easily get them back again and, and, and do it that way instead. Yeah, so, you know, I I ended up going back, you know, second day because I, I kept on wanting to look at it. And the Emperor's Royal Guard, not only is it a hard-to-find tri-logo, maybe all the, the big hit and hard-to-find tri-logos do have that aesthetic appeal because you just don't see them that often. But I, I think you're hard-pressed to find a card which is more stunning than the Emperor's Royal Guard on a tri-logo. I think it, it, it's outstanding. And I, I was very, very tempted. So, yeah, ultimately, I heeded your advice and I, and I didn't get it because you said to me listen it's not going to be one of your centerpieces it's not going to be one of those iconic things from from the uk so you might end up regretting it and the way in which i've actually brought this into my collection now is far from regret i'm so glad that we had that conversation i'm so glad i had the conversation with christian and that's what i love about our community because yeah i did end up selling three different carded figures which ended up allowing me to build up a small sort of little war chest which i was then able to add to and so I thought, right, I, I've cleared out three carded figures. I'm bringing in four. I paid a little bit extra to sort of bridge the gap. And that's how it's done. And, and I've put it in there and I've put it in my case uh, or in my cabinet. And it's I think it's now my, one of my favorite pieces. And and I didn't see that coming. I knew it was going to be great. And, and I think it wouldn't have been one of my favorite pieces if I had gone with my initial sort of gut instinct of, oh, well, maybe I'll swap out this proof card, which I've had for ages, or maybe I'll swap out this. And, and uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was just so over, over the moon with the way it's been done. I really wanted to show off the Emperor's Royal Guard on the tri-logos. And because these figures are all, carded figures are all loose, I was able to do that. And I put the Emperor's Royal Guard at the end. But then actually after about 12 hours or so, I don't even think it was as long as a day, I just decided to put it back in the original order. The order which is known about, the order which is verified, the order which is online. So so here I have it. I have it in my collection. It, it's a beta one, but it's completely legit. It shows a story. And I'm so, so pleased with it that I was able to sort of upscale my collection without having to actually spend a great deal of money. I'm just pleased as punch. I, re- I really, really am. So I'm just grateful for, you know, the, this shop. He he was pleased to sell it to me. Obviously, he's um, he took a pretty penny that day, not long after lockdown. So obviously, he 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 probably went home and 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 had a nice cigar or something or other. But I've got that in my collection, and it's it's pretty place. So I'm, I'm grateful for you guys for giving me the source. Yeah, when I say support and advice, and, and Stu bought two of the figures <laughs> which I had to sell. And uh, and Christian, so it's um, an Italian four pack. They don't come up for sale that often, and when they do, they're often graded, and they're often you know several thousand pounds. So uh, yeah, I love it. So do you do you want some good news? Go on. Okay, if we go through the four packs. Yeah. So you've got the four pack. It's Tebow Emperor Cloud Car Pilot. It's obviously the the rare hybrid. Yeah. And Lumat or Tri Logo. You've got Vader, Leia Hoth, Paplo, and the Imperial Commander. Paplo's a, I believe it looks like it's a Kenner, the rest of Trilogo. Yeah, I've seen that variation as all Trilogo as well. That's all Trilogo, okay. Yeah. So Squidhead, Emperor's Royal Guard, B-Wing Pilot, ATST. The same one as yours, except with a Kenner, Emperor's Royal Guard. And then four Trilogos, Biker Scout, Lobot, Lando Carrision, and the Rebel Commander. They're all pretty much Trilogos there. The Emperor's Royal Guard is a Kenner. Obviously, he's got the Cloud Car Pilot in there. For sale, $12,500 sold. 
Yeah. So if we go like, you know, uh, chop that into quarters, what you're looking at there is what, $3,100 each. Um, and that's with obviously the, the Trilogo Cloud Car Pilot. They're not going to be equal, are they? But that, that's still a hefty price, that is. And, and they've sold that. To be uh, fair, Jez is set. I mean, you'd be, you'd be hard pushed to find the Emperor's Royal Guard for that money on his own as a carded figure. I, I know. I mean, I've, I've seen it, as I said, on the Make Me an Offer. People have been trying to put them out there. And it's just that whole, you know, you look at the back and you can see that it's not a Trilogo. Look at the front, you can, um, again, you can see that it's not a Trilogo. On that uh, Dallas Vintage Toys, it's listed, it's written down as a Trilogo Italian Collectors 4-pack. That's what they've got written down. But then, yeah, when you zoom in and look at it and you and you look at the, the reverse, you can see that, yeah, top one, they're all they're all Trilogos, but then that one has got two swapped out. And when you look at that one, the angle which the Emperor's Royal Guard is at from the reverse, it, it does look like it's been pushed in there. Here's, a, here's another one. Okay, so... The first one I just said was Tebow, Emperor, the one with the Cloud Car Pilot, and Lumat. So you got the three Trilogos in there. Yep. Just pulled up an image of an AFA graded one for three thousand US dollars, which was sold at Brian Toys. Lumat, Emperor, Tebow Trilogo, no Cloud Car Pilot, but a Kenner C3PO, <laughs> and that's been yep. graded. Yeah, I mean, it, it says that there, there are, you know, and, and the grades cards fifty, so. <laughs> I would say that some of these have been graded and you know that these graded companies aren't infallible. You know, they, they make mistakes here. There, There is the video which I saw of Dallas Vintage Toys when they were um, they were doing a unboxing of stuff which had just come back from the graders and the header card was round the wrong way. Now, I, I'm not saying that it wasn't accidentally glued on round the wrong way, but it's just... Hmm. There is quite clear evidence that some of these grading companies aren't doing the best of jobs. But, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen that one, which is now shown as out of stock, three grand. But you look on eBay and there's one on eBay now for four grand. And that's with the Trilogo Cloud Car Pilot. Yeah. Well, there you go. If you get that one, you're only halfway there. I just think that they're, um, it's just something a little bit different. It just shows how things were at the end, that they're putting them off. I'm just pleased as punch. It's one of those things where, as I said at the beginning, it was a treat yourself day. <laughs> and I had no idea that I would end up. I, can you imagine the phone call? I'm on the phone to Jules. Hey, um, babe, I know we said it was a treat yourself day. She's like, yeah, yeah, treat yourself. And uh, <laughs> I then had to go through that. Yeah, I really want to. I really want to. But there's the potential here of something which I really, really want. But it's... Uh, it's twice as much as I've ever spent on a Star Wars thing. So, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a, a challenge. But, you know, it's one of those things that we all say, those chaps who um, or, or collectors who have a, uh, a significant other, it's an investment. It's an investment. That's what it is. But I love it. I'm so pleased I have it. Good on you, Jess. But it was just nice reading a little bit about that. There's a lot of info, and I've got to give a shout-out, actually. You mentioned his name earlier on. Uh, but the best information for this is on trilogo.info, because I'm sure you'll agree that um, you know Joe, who, who's put a lot of work into that, has got all the details on the hybrids, on the uh, on the carded figures, and, in fact, on the full packs. So uh, it's a great resource, actually. Jed, I would like to leave this city Jawas and Panthers don't smell too pretty And since the evil empire fell All we do is watch TV I've had more fun With my Millennium Falcon And my blaster unstunned A long time ago 
galaxy far away. So, for those who don't know, the Adam and Joe show was a cult British TV comedy show. It was written and presented by two guys, Adam Buxton and Joe Cornish. Joe, of course, went on to find fame in Hollywood, working with Spielberg on Tintin and giving John Boyega his first big break in Attack the Block. And Adam still appears regularly on TV and you often find him popping up in roles in British movies. But the Adam and Joe show ran initially for 22 episodes over four series it was on Channel 4 uh, and it ran from December 1996 to May 2001. To describe the show, I guess it's like a, like an almost pre-YouTube silliness, but on terrestrial TV. So two guys in a pretend bed sit presenting features and stunts and sketches that all leaned very heavily on the UK pop culture of that era. So one of the things they did was they recreated big movies using soft toys. So they did things like Train Spotting and Fight Club. But they also had this regular feature where they parodied UK TV shows uh, starring a cast of vintage Star Wars action figures. And this predates robot chicken which i guess is the closest thing that i can compare this to so but it, it does predate robot chicken by about five years uh, and they used this vision mixing technique to comp their mouths onto the face of uh, of the figures and they covered a lot of ground in the time they were on air they did uh, they they parodied tv shows like gladiators crystal maze tfi friday big brother stars in their eyes all of those kind of mainstream uh, tv shows that were that were popular at the time in 2016, Adam was invited onto a travel show with Richard Iowardi, who voiced Zero, uh, the droid in The Mandalorian, uh, where they visited a famous toy hospital in Lisbon. And he brought with him the Jabba that they used in some of these sketches, because in the final season of the Adam and Joe show, it got broken. He brought it with him to this, to this dolls hospital in Lisbon uh, to get it fixed, where for comedy value... It was replaced with the arm of a baby doll. Backstage in the hospital wing, broken dolls are admitted to the emergency ward for triage before moving on to theatre. A team of selfless surgeons use body parts from donor dolls. Okay. Sensing an opportunity to snag some complimentary medical care, I prompt Adam to unsheathe his jabber. Patient is a, a bounty hunter. <laughs> okay. uh, jabber the Hutt. Mm. And he's lost an arm. Yeah. Okay, here. Okay. A porcelain arm? Yeah. Is this that you want? Porcelain's quite high risk. I don't know how hard you are in your mm. role play with Jabba, but. Yeah, maybe no, plastic, I don't know. Mm. Okay. <laughs> That. He's just, strong. Yeah. He's strong. I just want to see Stronger him. Stronger than you. I just want to see him be able to pull one of the slaves back towards him. Oh, with this new arm, we'll with, slave yeah. the whole world. <laughs> okay, just let it dry first. Thank you. And don't take him into the bath for a fortnight. So, as part of an auction to raise some money to support the efforts of Medicine Sans Frontières, or Doctors Without Borders, who are an independent organisation who provide medical assistance 
uh, people all over the world who are affected by uh, wars and other disasters. There was an auction of just lots of memorabilia from his career, particularly his time on the Adam and Joe show. And this significant pop culturally relevant Star Wars toy reached £772.25. It was nice to see this piece of the vintage Star Wars range that we know and love that had had a little bit of fame uh, on the TV reach that price for charity. There is a Jabba on eBay right now with a missing arm for $19.99. So would, it, would anybody here have paid £700 for a, a as seen on TV vintage Jabba the Hutt with a baby arm? Not me, no. <laughs> I was just about to say, you're quite fortunate you've actually answered that question was too undercorn me, but I would have been. I guess I'm wrong then. <laughs> well, somebody did. Somebody, somebody clearly a fan, or somebody with uh, with fond memories, or somebody who just wanted to make a, a generous donation to the charity. Stumped of that cash. Well, Craig, from my point of view, you know, I, I've seen this. It looks like something, you know, from Toy Story 3. Yes. And all, all the kids get together. I mean, it's great. Anything with Richard Awadi and is great. I mean, they were looking at porcelain arm and they, they've thrown that one in there. You know, Grant asked me earlier on if I could uh, cosplay and uh, if I was going to invest in a like, cosplay costume. I would probably invest in a cosplay costume over the Jabba, in all honesty. I feel I could get a little bit more sort of play, value and enjoyment from it. But the fact that someone has bid on this and that money has been raised is fantastic. I mean, it's purely unique. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the sort of big baby's arm from Toy Story 3 thrown into Mr. Potato Head or something or other. It's, it's really strange. <laughs> I am, of course, auctioning some incredibly rare and valuable Adam and Joe memorabilia. Wow. What have you got? What's in the in the booty bucket? The Buckles booty bucket. Can I call it that? That would be great. OK. There is um, my Star Wars Jabba the Hutt model that turned up in many of our toy movies and... It also turned up in an episode of Travel Man with Richard Ayawadi when I went with Richard wow. to um, Lisbon. Iconic yeah. memorabilia from a legendary cult TV show. <laughs> so pop culturally relevant Star Wars figures got me thinking about other vintage Star Wars toys that have been used in films and other TV shows. Can anybody give me any famous as seen on screen vintage Star Wars toys? E.T. E.T. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Big Bang Theory. Uh, Only Fools and Horses. There is a rancor on the table, on the coffee table, during a scene oh. in um, Raquel, um, in Cassandra and Rodney's flat, and they've got their young nipper. Any more? I think there's like four or five relatively easy ones to get. Yeah, there's probably people now listening to this, isn't there, just going, <clears throat> what about this? Also, you know, not necessarily a toy, but a shout out to the Back to the Future. Uh, when Marty's dressed as I am Darth Vader in 1955. That's a good reference. Threads. All right. So in Threads, the uh, the post-nuclear downbeat drama of, uh, of 1984, there's a kid playing with a scorched selection of action figures, very, very clearly seen on screen. The other one I think is that sticks in my mind was Argo. It's where they, they, they create the fake sci-fi show as a cover to go and uh, get some people out of a war-torn country. And Stranger Things more recently. So there's a there's a Yoda in there. They came under some fire because I believe the Falcon was the 90s uh, re-release. So all the nerds 
got their knickers in a twist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing about the completely unrealistic plotline or anything like that. <laughs> oh no, gosh damn it! You put want, a kind of Hasbro in. Echo and the, one of the colours wasn't available back then. It was it was something like that. But I've done a little bit of research. Now, there's a fantastic video on YouTube by uh, a YouTuber called Vordafil, and he's got all the vintage Star Wars toys in film and TV ever. And he's totaling 42. We've already mentioned an extra one or two there. There's a couple more that I've uh, got here on this list that, that aren't in the video. So shall I just very, very quickly... Because I know how people love to listen to podcasts of people listing things just very quickly. And they break into two categories. So you've got things that happened back in the day, which were, you know, if they were filming in a toy shop, there might be some Star Wars in the background. And then you've got a bigger section, which is stuff that's our generation coming of age and making these making these films, making these TVs and, and putting this stuff in there to evoke an era. Can I have a guess on a TV show that would have Star Wars toys in a shop in the background? Yep. Just going to pluck this out the sky. I think that would be something like the Cadney and Lacey episode, I'll Be Home for Christmas, from 1982. <laughs> He's on Google. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. You'd be absolutely right. Any more? <laughs> uh, yeah. What about a movie? Uh, a movie called, uh, I don't know, The Way Back, maybe, 2013? 2013. The Way Back from 2013. Yeah. Is it, is it called The Way, Way Back? Oh, it might be. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Read them out and you're going to tell me what toys. Okay, Mark and Mindy, Remote Control R2, going to be here all day. Blues Brothers, Used Cars, Documenter, La Femme Objet, BMX Bandits, Cagney and Lacey, Without a Trace, Different Strokes, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Paris, Texas, Making Contact, a kids' TV show called Teabag, uh, Who's the Boss, Freaks and Geeks, Without a Paddle, Sydney White, Lime Life, Fanboys, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Gulliver's Travels, Super 8, Paul, Ted, something called The Rocketeer that's not the Rocketeer that we'll all think of when we hear The Rocketeer, The Goldbergs, Labor Day, The Way Way Back, The Americans, The BFG, Cashback, Spider-Man Homecoming, The Christmas Chronicles, Merlin Shop of Mystical Wonders, Toy Story 4, True Detective, This Is Us, which is an American serial drama thing about families and the way they're interconnected. But there's a whole subplot about like somebody selling their partner's uh, Star Wars collection at at a flea market. Outside that list, so they're all the ones that feature in his video. Outside that list, I've got Chucky. Uh, which featured Jeremy Bullock as one of the main characters, and Utopia, the Channel 4 drama, was on a few years ago, features a vehicle maintenance energizer. I can't believe none of you have got um, Only Fools. And Only Fools, which I now have to go and find a picture of. Uh, the Metallica music video, Hero of the Day. Ah, that's a good one. It's got a rancor in it, I think. I'll tell you one you've also missed out, Craig. Quite yeah. a big one. There was a show in the 90s, 2000s called The Adam and Joe Show, and they had this... Ah, they had all the characters and do you know who my favorite was they always had uh, ben kenobi portrayed as like a drunk irishman it did tickle me i just remember i think it was ultra cool to see uh vintage star wars figures on tv back then wasn't it yeah it? it was it was you know 96 so we just got power of the force back and it was still pretty you know pretty niche stuff so it's nice that it was on the tv that we and we could relate to it Right now, it's time to meet our first guest, who also happens to be this week's fat alien. You come from a far-off star, you're a fat alien, ha <laughs> It's Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, sit down, Jabba. Hey, I am. Thanks for coming on the show. Now, you've already had two big movies out this year, which did great business. What's next? Well, I've been doing a romantic comedy with Martin Pello, 
and I've been digitally added to Woody Allen's new movie, New York Problems, which I think you got a clip of, don't ya? We do, but we're not gonna play it until you've read out what it says on that card. Oh, okay. I'm a big fat lardy foreigner who'll do anything for money. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Okay, here's the clip. I, I can't believe this. What are you doing in my bedroom? Oh, sorry. I think there's a funny bit coming up. Oh, sorry, buddy. We ran out of time. Thanks for coming in. Jab of the Hutt, ladies and gentlemen. Also, since we last recorded, there has been just just a couple of things. that There's been an auction and, and a great, great find over on Facebook, which we just wanted to, to briefly bring up. Now, first of all, Craig, there's been a recent sale over on Vectus. Got quite a bit of Star Wars in there, which we'll discuss in a minute. But um, there was a, a bit of a rare power droid in there. Could you give us the details of that? So, yeah, this was the, the TV and film related sale. This was on Thursday, the 3rd of August. And as you say, quite a few uh, lots in there, which we'll get into in a second. But I think the highlight was this lot number 363. So Palatoy's uh, Empire Strikes Back Power Droid 45A back, which I believe was first brought to light on a valuation thread on the Star Wars Forum UK. Uh, it was an estimated price at two to three thousand pounds, and the hammer price was four thousand eight hundred. Perhaps someone here on the call could tell us why it was so rare and reached such a price. Is that because <laughs> by the time you know they were trotting out Empire figures, there was less of a call for a power droid, or is it because they were so popular they all got bought and taken off their cards? I mean, it's it's impossible to know, mate. They're, not, they're probably not rare because there's loads and loads of power droid focus collectors like there are. FET collectors. I'm sure there'll be some. It's a weird one because there never seemed to be a shortage of FETs as a kid. Everyone had one. But I know from all the people I used to collect with, only one person had a, a Walrus Man and only one person had a White Best Guard. Those were considered to be the most hard to find figures and it was only then when i realized you know about last 17 stuff when i started collecting i was like all oh, right and then there were you know white best being guard was um you know ten a penny on ebay and uh so was walrus man but back in the day i remember collecting and uh i just couldn't just couldn't find those figures at all so 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 break it down again craig what is the actual what's the figure so we've got a power droid pally toy yeah 45a one thing that was quite interesting when we were at echo is you know the Pally Toy Tour Bank Final Pink Channel came out. It was a big deal back in 2012 when people saying it didn't exist and then it did exist. But the consensus now is that there's about you know eight to ten of those that are known. But if you take all of the other Jawa Pally Toy 40 backs, all the different ones, so I guess it's a 41 and the 45A and the 45B, if you added all those together, there's probably less of those than there is of the 12 back Final Cape Jawa. So I think some of these figures just they're just in the in the single digits. And this, you know, this was something that was flagged early on in a valuation thread. A few people jumped on it and went, that's where the money is. So it's not a m moment of madness in an auction situation where two people were desperate for it and, and were bidding each other up. I think, yeah, the consensus is that it was a it was a rare thing and and uh, and deserved that price. Valuing yeah. it around two and a half grand on the forum, weren't they? What did it sell for? What was the hammer price? Four thousand eight hundred. So, yeah, it did, well, it did go up. So I've got, um, you know, just done a little bit of Googling. And a, a friend of ours, Gary, he's posted that he's done the Power Droid run. So he's got the Empire Strikes Back 45A, 45B, and the Return of the Jedi, which is a 45C. And he said that these three are really tough to find. This is back in 2015. And then the rest of the thread is a consensus on that of people saying, wow, you know, drool. Uh, that's incredible that you found those. So clearly these are... These are rare. I don't think that's in doubt. And how much did it go for again, Craig? 4,800. 
these prices which you're given, when they say uh, achieved price, is that the hammer price or the price which includes all the extra taxes and this and the other? Because in, in that case, if it was four eight, is it going to be closer to six grand paid? Yeah, yeah, that's just the hammer price. So I've right. got then the fees twenty twenty four percent, which are often about yeah twenty four or so. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, six grand or, or whatever is um, pretty special power droid. There were some power buyers there. There were. Rubbish, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> that was clearly the standout or one of the standout items. I think in total there were 274 Star Wars lots. Of those, 132 of them were vintage. And there was lots of stuff, including you know the usual loose bundles that we see. There were bundles of comics, magazines, games, electronic games, box ships including some very nice uh, unused examples i think a pretty much full run of boxed large size action figures carded die cast obviously carded figures and even roller skates and dixie cups so i think it was a pretty comprehensive auction to be fair anyone else have a look at it what, what do they fancy yeah i had a look i felt the 12 inch figures were th- through the roof there's been a sort of resurgence of love for the 12-inch figures. Maybe it's because carded figures have appeared to have gone through the roof recently. So people are like, oh, what else can I get? But the uh, 12-inch figures were incredible. The Slave 1, I wonder if... So that got a hammer price of 440 and I was thinking, oh, I wonder if that was to do with the, the name change. Yeah, Boba Fett's spaceship or starship versus Slave 1, I don't know. But what I found was peculiar, maybe someone can explain why... There's a new vintage Y-Wing. When I say new vintage, you know, it's the Kenner Hasbro vintage range Y-Wing. Achieved the same hammer price as a Palatoy by Logo one with unapplied stickers. Complete original. So I I just thought that was really weird. So the Kenner Hasbro one had a um, sort of recommended sort of valuation of 40 to 50. And it got 130 quid, which was exactly what the Palatoy by Logo unapplied stickers one got. You know, this is a complete Y-Wing. So I thought 130 quid was really very good for that, particularly with unapplied stickers. I just thought it was really weird now that the the Kenner Hasbro are matching prices. That just struck me as absolutely, absolutely crazy. So unless that's a a particularly rare ship, which I've just discovered, uh, I don't know. Any ideas on that? To be fair, the vintage collection is is quite a sought-after line. I mean... There's Facebook groups I'm on, which are rammed with people who are really chasing them. And some of the figures now are, I mean, I think there's an Ahsoka figure, which you're talking, I think it's like three, four hundred quid now to buy. I saw that. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's quite a few now that are hitting three figures quite comfortably as people try to, to tread, them, tread them down. I suppose it's just the same with the ships. The irony is not lost on me, you know, where they've said, right, oh, you know, all the vintage stuff is so expensive now. So what we'll do is, you know, we'll do a homage to it and we'll do a modern day vintage sort of throwback, you know, so people, you know, it did, which did have a cheaper price point, obviously. And now they're, uh, now for a secondhand one, it's the same price as the original vintage. Good I'll tell you what I did think was a good price. Don't know if anyone else saw it, was the, the vintage Cantina adventure set, which was, it was loose. It had all four baggage. So Warus Man, Hammerhead, Blue Snag and Greedo. Okay, the box was missing Blue Snag and Greedo, but I mean that box on its own now, you're you're looking at a couple of grand to find normally that set. The box is there, the mailer box is there for the Hammerhead and Warus Man. And that fetched six sixty, which to me seemed a, a really good price. 
knowing that what those baggies sell for. I don't think um, they were all original baggies, though, were they? Oh, weren't they? I didn't read the thing, mate. I just like looking at pictures. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Snaggletooth's in a Ziploc bag, I think. A couple oh, of- yeah, I've got it open now, yeah. Yeah, I- the other three are in baggies, though, aren't they? But, but that's exactly what, because I went, really? That's why I went digging into the photo, because that caught my eye as well. Mm. But the hammerhead and walrus man in the box has got to be a fair fair yeah, wax still. The, the little cardboard in a box is nice, isn't it? Well, I was just thinking, Craig, just to, just to uh, support the, the, the conversation we had about the power droids, I've gone back to 2011. I think it's 2011. Yes, November 19th, 2011, on the Star Wars forum, Palitoy 48 power droid mock finally surfaced. And there's a discussion going on there where one was online for 120 I believe it is it's disappeared uh, and a lot of the guys are excited first of all because it proves it exists and then second of all they're ha- unhappy because the uh, the sale ended early and they're all trying to find out who actually picked it up but uh, clearly then this is just go back then clearly this is an incredibly difficult figure to find all the paddy toy names are on this thread discussing it so I guess that, that I guess it's a super rare paddy toy mate it's as simple as that no reasons why it just is it just is yeah it's just I guess everyone looked in their collection and thought, I'm missing a 45A Paddy toy. And then everyone got on the forum and went, so am I, you know. So back in 2011, once surfaced, and even back, you know, 10 years ago, it was looked at as a massive deal that that actually had surfaced. The, the name of the thread, Paddy toy 45A Power Droid Mark, finally surfaced. So this has probably been a discussion ongoing for quite some time. I hope that helps. I was just trying to think if I had my where my Palatoid book is, that one which Craig's just bought and got signed. Oh, I think I've got it here, actually. I'd be interested to know if it's in there, actually, because I did yeah. look on Mr. Palatoid's card back guide, and he yeah, they've obviously got a page for each card, but it doesn't actually mention the Power Droid in the write-up. Let's have a little look. Got an index, Jez, or are you reading every page? <laughs> Still on the cover, Palatoid. <laughs> Should we carry on talking about items? Well, I'd just like to bring your attention to lot number 19, which is a it's a, a very random lot that's described as a large quantity of vintage Star Wars collectibles, including Escape from the Death Star game, jigsaws, blueprint sets, soap, sticker books, comics, poster magazines, used three and three quarter figure backing cards, sketchbooks and other items. Anybody want to have a closer look at that image and tell me what the other items might include? Is that a um, part of the Helix pencil set? Yeah, uh, there's a little Helix school set poking out there. Probably empty, but still, that's quite sweet to find yourself uh, with a with a random lot of, and that's unlisted in the description. Where, where do you see that? Banging oh, on the, oh, yeah. the, the sticker albums, yeah. It's upside down. God, look at you with your laser eyes. Couldn't tell you a, a 45A from a 45B, but I can spot a Helix school set at 20 paces. I mean, that's probably, people must have realised that, and that's why it's achieved 160 quid, because... That's gone, all that's gone for 160 quid. All its money, in it, really? I mean, what are you saying? The magazine, the comics are pound a shot now? I don't see 160 quid there, unless that pencil case is full. The soaps are a quid each. No rare card back there, is there? No, Debenham's postcard is a fiver. Star Wars Wood Puzzle Book is a fiver. Seven eight quid those, football game. Those sticker books are, uh, are hot at the minute, aren't they? I'd suggest that that pencil case must be full then. Or people that take a punt on it being full, haven't they? That's a hell of a punt, to be honest, because most of those pencil cases are used, aren't they? Come on, mostly that. Even empty ones can fetch decent money. I saw a headless snaggletooth go on D-Lord no deal today for $170, so nothing surprises me. I mean, it's just mental. You haven't got a blue snaggletooth if he's got no head. I don't own the piece, do you? I mean, you 
said he said in the the listing, didn't he? I I was going to try and rescue it because he's got nice boots, but I'm just going to sell it as it as it is. It was a graded one. Clearly, the torso's got discolored. It's got brittle, and it was it wasn't like the head had fallen off. It was like it had cracked. The the chest had cracked. And the head had come away and it was just all rattling around in the uh, sealed acrylic case. And it sold for $170. I saw somebody selling vintage tape as well today on the internet. Did anyone see that? What? It was dried up tape from a mailer. I forget which mailer. And they were selling the tape. So did this tape have Star Wars writing on it? or? No, no, no. It was dried up, yellowed tape and somebody was offering it for sale at a silly price to be fair the post was look at this isn't it ridiculous and everybody chimed in yes it is quite ridiculous but that doesn't take away from the fact that somebody somewhere was trying to sell vintage tape that had dried off a off, off, a, off a vintage may I, I believe it was a mailer the autographed photos, I know they're not all autographed, but they'd be quite interesting to know. And they're not authenticated, are they? But there's a signed Harrison Ford in there. Uh, sell for 60 quid. Been interesting to take a punt just to have a Wasn't there an Alec Guinness? I don't know if the Alec Guinness is signed, is it? No, it's not. Uh, Some of them are just photos. Yeah, the Harrison Ford's on the top. It's definitely got a squiggle on it. He's one of the most often faked autographs you can come across. Yeah, you're looking, oh, I think, yeah. yeah. What, one sold on the 3 pure auction site a few months ago for 800 quid. If you're going to get it authenticated as well, I think he does a private sign-in. I think that's $1,500 for a house of right. autograph. So, yeah. I, I mean, there's a second lot here. I've just realised there is an Obi-Wan signed on there. Oh, there was. Alec Guinness. But that's got that's got two Ford signatures in there. It's got the three of them together. And also that scene in, in Jedi where they've all got it signed. So Hamill, Fisher, Ford, Daniels, Baker and uh, Mayhew. If that was legit, it'd be in Sotheby's, wouldn't it? Can you auction this stuff off if it could be fake? I mean, you yes, it's that? Not, author- or not authenticated, I suppose. They're not saying they're not real. The only other thing that caught my eye, and only because I've just seen it crop up quite a bit lately, was the the flyer for the Boba Fett offer. A couple of kicking around at Echo at the weekend, and I think one of them was graded. Clearly, out of all the paperwork that Palatoy ever produced, and they produced a lot, this people are zeroing in on this. It's obviously a key element for people's focuses and a nice thing to display your your figures alongside and your mailers this this day five isn't it it's a small flyer well i can tell you now after having gone away and looked at the uh palatoy book for a bit which is is great by the way mine's an untouched one by human hands <gasps> i've got it in my hands so uh yeah when i look in the little guide at the back as to whether or not so this is is this purely been described as a 45a palatoy is that correct yeah okay it's really weird because they've got a really great card back reference obviously a lot more detail in it than uh, i would necessarily need but it's great for focus collectors there's a key here uh, a little orange square card back figure variation which has a known example and then if it's got a strike through it says card back figure variation which may or may not exist there is no known example then the next one is a question mark card back figure variation which has been reported as existing but not verified and then an empty cell denotes a card back figure variation which is known to have never existed so when i go to the power droid 45a it is scored through card back figure variation which may or may not exist there is no known example 
However, next to the 45A, there is a 45AB, a 45AC, and a 45AD before you get onto the 45B, which we all know is the logoless one before you get onto the Jedi era. So I need to figure out whether or not this is indeed a 45A or, as you go through, 45A not known to exist, 45AB not known to exist, 45AC not known to exist. 45 AD, small orange square. So this is either a 45 AD or the book is incorrect. So what is a 45 AD, I hear you say? So it now shows a zoomed in logo of the Palatoy logo. And it says the trademark information sits on the character image. The small font and text alignment differs to all other sub variations. So we need to do a comparison of this PD to figure out how big the font is and how it's aligned. And then we can find out if it's a 45A or a 45AD. The the, the 45AD also has a spelling mistake on the back of the card. We're less responsible. Yeah, that's it. So there we go. So, I mean, all of this information is in there. And to their credit, on the page which describes the uh, card front 45A, and in fact, the 45A... The spelling of Leicester is correct on their card back. And the 45B. It is the one with the spelling mistake. It is. 45AD. Yes. So the AD. So it does have the spelling mistake. So it is a 45AD. There we go. Confirmed. The book is correct. Everything is correct. And that is an AD. And presumably, had it been one of the other ones, it would have gone for a lot more than what it did. Yes, because even more than what it did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Subvariation AD, the initial CADA released card contained a spelling mistake on the address. It says Leicester instead of Leicester, which I think is still how the Americans pronounce it. It would have been the first 45 back released, however, before the mistake was corrected, so it should technically be designated as a 45A. However, it was discovered last, so it has acquired the label 45AD. There you go. First one out, discovered last. That's why we buy these books. Fred, in all respects, I wasn't paying attention because I'm working on the chicken walker right now and I've, <laughs> and I've uncovered some incredible information. Well, go on then. All right, OK. <laughs> We're all waiting. <laughs> right, yeah. So I thought I saw the word chicken walker on a blueprint for the design of the scout walker. It might be in the Art of Empire book, actually. It's not in the Art of Return of the Jedi book. But it is mentioned in the guide to the star wars universe so the first edition of this you might know this book because it's got quite an original cover and it was released around about 1984 and it's got the landing pad on endor so this is compiled by a an author called raymond l Velesco, and i looked inside it and it's got the scout walker in it but it doesn't refer to it as a chicken walker yeah second version of this book was brought out again in 1994 by a guy called bill slavers and he's added the word chicken walker to it so it's the same book it's just been updated as a different edition and word chicken walker was added there so this is a year after sound suites from concept to screen to collectible and they've added the word chicken walker to it you got both copies yeah impressive most impressive do you know what i think you need to do is we need to contact our friends at prop store and say can you go for all your storyboards uh, i doubt they'll have chicken walker on there because i you know they, they probably called it the the correct name well you, you, say you never know 
you say that, but on the, bru- on the blueprint for Return of the Jedi, and this is the, the actual version that they use in the film, it's called a Landwalker. Mm. So I reckon we could, uh, yeah, check the storyboards, check prop store. <laughs> Let's get Andy back on and say, right, mate, come on, Darren, can you get amongst it and check the prop store storyboards? Yeah, check the storyboards now. Yeah, so on the, on the storyboards, on the Empire Strikes Back storyboards, they're called Walker Scout. I'm going to throw in a little theory here. So do you think the name was coined in the production specifically around the scene where it's slipping on the logs? It's kind of flapping like that. I'll turn my yeah. camera on. It's going... Doing the funky chicken. Doing the funky chicken. That's it. Hey. That's it. Someone would have said he's doing the funky it. chicken. Oh yeah, we'll get the chicken walker. That that's how it would have been. Yeah. So I'm looking at some concept art, and it's called the One Man Scout Walker. I'm on a site now called Stack Exchange, and it's one of these kind of people post a question and various people answer it. And it says here that it's a more general term used across a variety of sci-fi stories to describe many types of mech and robots with similar legs. So the ED. 209 in Robocop was also called a chicken walker, as was the X1 Alpha in Future Cop and many others. It's not a term specific to Star Wars. It also brings to mind, do you remember one of the little robots in Batteries Not Included? Hmm. Legs. The Tonton looks more like a chicken. So, listeners, are we going to go for option number one? It was a Star Wars production term coined internally that made its way outside of the studio into public domain. Are we going to go for option two? Craig's theory that it was coined because they flapped around like a chicken in one scene. Or option three, it's a generic term used across all sci-fi films for any robot or mechanoid that walks with reverse articulated legs. I like your idea. Consciousness of mothers across the nation thought, I'll get my lad that chicken thing for Christmas. Exactly. So they (laughs) they wouldn't go ATSD, they wouldn't go Scoutwalker. Mothers would go... Looks like a chicken, the chicken thing. Lord Vader, this is an unexpected pleasure. We're honoured by your presence. You may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. I'm here to put you back on schedule. Right, moving on from the Vectors auction then, over to Facebook, where a, a chap called Guy Graham pops along to one of the threads. And I'm going to hand over to Jez here, because this is everybody's dream. Yes, anyway. Stu. So this was on the 11th of uh, July. Uh, he puts a selection of photos on, saying, just picked up a box of figures and mini ships at a local car boot. A couple said, selling it, said it was their sons. Do you think this Jawa is original? He put up loads of uh, photographs of the Jawa within the box, uh, there was various uh, mini rigs, diecast land speedo. There was even a La 17 uh, Ewok. Uh, there were a few things which just sort of rolled over and hidden. You never know. He could have had a hollow tubes Tuscan in there. But yes, front and centre, there was a, uh, a vinyl Kim Jower. You know, you'd think that if you saw one of these at a car boot sale, it would probably be legit because, you know, the, I think that the unscrupulous people out there will probably just be trying to put them into an eBay thing where they can maybe bury it in a box just like this, which the guy had found at a car boot. But, you know, this is one where he was able to look at it, figure it out, take close photographs, have a feel of it. All swores trying to come across cool and stuff and not give away the fact that he sat on something quite special there. Great deal of interest in this post. You know, as you can imagine, well over 100 comments well over 200 likes um, comments such as the stuff of dreams and a lot of people looking at this and yeah verified as a genuine in the wild find of a vinyl cake shower now within the box itself let's just have a little look there's probably about 30 odd figures 
I'm looking at. So I think the seller, you know, selling it, thinking, oh, you know, Star Wars, this is just the, the son's old stuff. Ultimately, he comes out and explains how much he, he purchased it for. And uh, are you guys aware? Are you, are you aware of um, of how much it's actually went for? I haven't seen this story, mate. Oh, mate. So it's it's one of those things where you're out there just, as you do, just cruising up and down a, a car boot sale if you're that way inclined and want to get up that early. He found the stuff of dreams. The whole thing came to uh, he got for 120 pounds so you know the, the the sellers clearly thought that they they were content enough with it i don't think there was any haggling or anything like that I mean, almost everyone on, on the uh, group was uh really really chuffed for him there were one or two comments just saying oh you know you, you've kind of if you really ripped off you know an unsuspecting seller but that's just what it is isn't it i mean he he bought it for 120 quid so I mean, what could you do? Add another zero onto the end of that? I mean, you know, the going rate for a, uh, a decent condition vinyl cape jower plus everything else. I mean, boy, done good. You know, there, there was lots of people giving their advice with regards to the cut, the cut under the armholes, the distance up from the feet. But more often than not, everyone's referring to the texture of the uh, cape just to ensure that it's not a cut down Ben Kenobi cape or just another manufactured cape. But it, yeah just a, a wonderful a wonderful story and it just goes to show you that these things are out there you know people are finding stuff people are bringing stuff out but this to actually still see it at a boot sale and for him to be sort of mooching around and see it because you know i did a boot sale once about six seven years ago and as soon as you get your your stall out there are the dealers and the old and bold who are just straight on your table looking for stuff so um yeah the fact that he he had that and he was able to buy it without anyone else jumping in there ahead of him it, it sort of gives hope doesn't it? it it gives hope that one day we will find a find like this i mean yeah guy i'm delighted for you it's it's fantastic absolutely mate absolutely that is the the find that dreams are made of what else was in the lot though you zoom in and it looks like bosk is wearing a uh, a lovely scarf uh, that's actually yoda's snake <laughs> wrapped around him he's got a couple of r2s in there so there was a, a and it's very difficult because you just see in the box and he um he then stopped making comments i mean this just died a death you know in the end this this thread once he had verified that the vinyl cape jower was indeed legit but so he's got two r2s in there so i don't know whether or not uh one is dark blue so i, I would say you know that's the the first edition there is a a lighter blue one there whether or not that's a periscope another regular r2 or or a pop-up is a anyone's guess there's a few ewoks in there as i said there's a tuscan there's a few more stormtroopers there's a power droid there's a r5d4 couple of three mini rigs uh, a couple of die cast leo organa without the cape the rarest figure of them all as i said earlier on warus man uh he's in there and uh yeah so quite a few first 12 it, it's a nice mix actually because this tells the story of the fact that if this was you never know if this had been passed on through generation to generation anyway but what i'm seeing in there are original first 12 first 20 empire Jedi and Last 17, as well as a mix of mini rigs and die casts. So, you know, complete mixed bag there. There's a few, I can see a few weapons. I can definitely see Bib Fortuna's long staff. But it's a, yeah, lovely mix, lovely mix of figures. And one could argue that actually all those added together without the final Cape Chower is probably worth 120 quid. But it is one of those things, 120 quid, the find of dreams. 
And the thing is, the guy, could, if he wanted to, you could have sold all of those other figures which came in that box. And essentially, he's got that for nothing, hasn't he? And that's how it's done. The guy went out of there uh, and he got it. You know, these things aren't going to necessarily come to you. You've got to go out there and find them. And, you know, we're all collectors. It's just one of those great stories, isn't it? And uh, I'm really, really pleased for him. Awesome story. Has anyone here come close to that? I remember back in 95, a friend of mine bought a bag of Star Wars figures and in it had a blue snaggletooth. Do you want a Steve Davis update? Only two, maybe three known examples of that power droid. So, sorry, Craig's question was, have you guys found anything? Not not even close to that. You know, I, I've we've got the story of the, uh, the three carded Trilogos, but that was in a shop. You know, all of my decent things where I've actually still got it at what I believe is a decent price are at a shop. I've not really been to any car boot sales and I did find some figures in a charity shop. But that was a bundle of about twelve figures and a Boba Fett's block. And then with that I felt I felt on top of the world. Because I was not only did I find vintage Star Wars figures, you know, in a charity shop and I was like, yeah, that's brilliant. But not a patch on a hundred and twenty pound for a box full of figures, uh, vinyl cage hour. Yeah, I agree. I, like, I've plenty of good deals, but I don't think I've stumbled across something in a car boot sale like that. No. You know, and I think, yeah, I can't think think of any anything like that. The closest I came was a, was a charity shop find in an Oxfam, and they'd, they'd clearly been on the internet, and they'd overpriced everything, you know, a naked Tauntaun and mini rigs with nothing on them. But what they'd done is they'd made a little display in their Oxfam shop, and they'd got a Darth Vader's tie fighter box and they flattened it neatly and put it behind the display and 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 done themselves a little star wars display and there was no darth vader's tie fighter with it and they said would you sell me the the box she went well it's part of our display they said well but the figure's not with it you know the ship's not with it would you would you sell it and they went okay let me just go out the back and ask them and they came out and said yeah two pound fifty nice I think you've told me that story. Is that when you couldn't actually afford it? I didn't have any cash on me. <laughs> and I ran, I might have told it on a previous podcast on <laughs> together, but uh, I ran around the corner and my boss was there with his, with the company secretary and they both stood outside having a fag. And at this point they didn't know I was a Star Wars fan. Well, they didn't know I collected <laughs> shit tons of this stuff. And I went round and then look, I said, look, I've got no cash on me. My card's at home. Can, can you lend me £2.50? And I was all flutter. I need to go get this empty box before someone else grabs it. And they said, yeah, you can have £2.50, but you've got to tell us what you want it for. So I had to, like, explain very quickly the story and what I was into and why I wanted £2.50. And, and then, they, then, then you know, a matter of minutes later, I came around the corner with this thing under my arm and they were they found it very hilarious. <laughs> And also, we just finished, obviously, we've mentioned it already tonight, the Beer Show 2 is already out. And there is a competition to win all six beers that we tasted, from the ones that were popular to the ones that made Mark Daniels pull his teeth over his gums. It was a some, certainly some interesting taste in there, but brilliant cans and some really nice beers. So if you want to win those beers, Craig, what have they got to do? They've got to go over to our Facebook group, We Are Generation Skywalker. Find the post with the pictures of the beer on it and comment underneath who you thought was the most drunk by the end of the show. Yeah, I'd be interested to know who the uh, listeners actually thought was the drunkest, um, having seen some of the team's kind of uh, behaviour that night. If you want to contact us, you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook 
and Instagram. Just search for Generation Skywalker. Like Craig has just said, we do have a Facebook group. Uh, we are Generation Skywalker, where you can post things and get involved in conversations from the shows. Of course, go over to YouTube. Again, search for Generation Skywalker. Hit that subscribe button. All our shows are enhanced, but we also do unboxing videos. There's Skywalker Blast, which are snippets of shows which we might think are of interest and of course go over to www.generationskywalker.com where you will find links to everything we do including some blog posts and obviously there is the beer blog post over there which is well worth a read one of my favorite blog posts that is on the site but it is for for this show we are done so it is goodbye from grant okay that's thank you for tonight it is goodbye for craig cheerio and hopefully he's still here it's goodbye from jez (laughs) see you next time And it is good enough for me. We are Generation Skywalker.